0: Folks,
1: whether it's Morphin Time, Adventure time. You're back for another week with your Midwestern Nerds. I am Chad Coffin. And I'm Brian Stoffel. You can find us at Midwestern Nerds. That's M I D W E S T E R N E R D S. At Midwestern on Twitter and Instagram. Midwesternerds at gmail.com is where you can contact us. We are also the Midwestern Nerds podcast on Facebook. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast anchor google podcast and most recently amazon music remember please guys take some time to rate and review us we really appreciate it it means a lot to us and it can give us a lot of clout when it comes to the online servers and things like that getting us on the ranking boards i know you guys have been waiting on pins and needles we announced that we had a guest this week this guest is near and dear to our hearts we met him a handful of years ago. He is a brother to us. He is like family. He is a great friend, not only to the show, but to Brian and myself. He is an advocate in the black community. He is an entrepreneur. He is a Navy veteran. He's starting up his own podcast here. He's got things going left and right. School, he's helping out with family. He's he's having presentations on Veterans Day. He's starting his own podcast. He's got commercials. he got a six shoe game. Our guest <laughs> this week is is elvon willie beeman riley welcome
2: (laughs) to the show what's going on i'm excited to be here thank you for that uh intro bro that's epic (laughs) epic as
0: fuck
1: (laughs) epic intro for an epic man of course
0: i Uh, mean i I said it before we started (laughs) recording but i'll say it again happy veterans day to you on the day that we record and uh thank you for your service um appreciate it my pleasure (laughs)
1: <laughs> so we'll get into the show here shortly, but we always give you a chance to get into a little background of yourself, how you know us, Chad and Brian, the Midwestern nerds, and then we'll really dive into the nerdiness after that.
2: Oh, for sure. So I've been knowing these two nerds for about over eight years, right? Met late teens or so about like early 20s, late teens. They mm-hmm. yeah, worked together. Um, these two became family to me. You know, um, been there for me in my toughest times and, and my good times. And I love you see very much. Proud of what y'all doing too. This is really dope. You Thank know, you. I man. like it. So I'm here to, uh, you know, see if I could pass this nerd test. Yeah, so I see if i can fit in with you guys I see mean, if you're worthy enough yeah, to see sit at worthy. the table yeah, for you know, the rest of the episode might, otherwise this might, might not be, make you through the whole
0: thing <laughs> might be the the shortest cameo we've had yet <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> he feels the test you gotta go upstairs yeah. and hang out with the babies you can't be now
1: you gotta wait till we're done you can come back after um, all right so we'll kick it off right away uh, I was told my nerd vetting was a little too strenuous and a little too lengthy last time, so we shortened it up a little bit here. Um the topics that Elmon is gonna head into here are gonna be Transformers, X Men, and Classic T V. So let's get started right away. Do you have a preference where you'd like to start?
2: No, that's a hey, anywhere, you know, I'm gonna see like see if I know more than the last dude that was uh that was on. You know <laughs> he
1: know a goddamn thing. <laughs> <forget it. laughs> Come on, bro. (laughs) These topics were picked for you, Jordan. Come on. All right. So let's kick it off with Transformers. All right. First question. What old school device does Soundwave become when he's not in humanoid form? Oh, shit.
2: I'm just like the last dude. (laughs) (laughs) Let me go upstairs. Um, Soundwave. Uh, I don't want to say a boombox. I don't want to say a boombox. No, it's not a
1: boombox. Cool. It's close. I, I'll, I'll give you boombox. right, I'll, right give you, here. I think I'll give yeah. you. I'll give you. I'll give you boombox. It's it's a cassette player. A cassette so cl- okay, it's cl- it's it's there. So okay. yeah, there we go. I, I should have had I a forgot. shirt. I got I had a, a k- shirt. I forgot. I got to kick it to I, you. I
0: after. knew that one because they recently released like a retro mm-hmm. re release of him, like from the eighties. Mm-hmm. You could buy the action figure. So I saw him at Walmart, and I was like, "Oh, hey, that's pretty cool." Yeah. I I
2: know I had a Soundwave shirt, but the shirt looked like a boombox to me. So, Uh, yeah. That's
1: fair. Okay, I'll give it to you. Um, All right. What classic film star inspired the voice for Optimus Prime?
2: Man, that's a hard one. Uh, Classic film star. Uh, Can I get a lifeline, a hint? What what kind of question is that?
1: (laughs) You can take a guess. That's fine. You don't have to get all right, all, right. all right.
2: Classic film star. Okay. Um. John Goodman. Is,
0: is it Sean Connery?
1: It's John Wayne. John Wayne. Oh. oh Remember we okay. got this like cartoon came out like the eighties. Yeah. The 90s, right, so yeah. it's like you got to kick it way back. Um. Good ones though. The good. I like that. What was Transformers renamed when it was updated and released as a new series in the nineteen nineties? Uh, Beast Wars. Look at that. No oh, hesitation. Yeah, it is. Beast Wars, and to make up for question number two, what is the name of the Transformers God?
2: Oh, um, you know, uh, Unicron, right? No, no, it's not the not the God. Okay, uh,
1: it's actually the name of a band too. It's funny. I didn't know this until I looked it up.
2: Ballspark? No, that's the that's the energy source. Okay, uh, the God. It's like, can I throw it, him an easier yeah. question? Or it's primers. Yeah, prim- yeah. Okay, I was thinking like it was like Omega primers or so, like Apple primers or something like
1: that. Yeah. What's your easier question? What are you gonna get? Float up? which transformer turns into a semi? <laughs> no, that's too easy. That's too
0: easy. Which iconic music artist that I love contributed to the original movie soundtrack? Uh, is it a band or is it a single person? It's a single person. Single person. I kinda, if you I, know me, you should know this one. I do know you, but I don't know this one. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: Oh, I, guess, I can guess. I probably yeah, go ahead, those, right? go ahead. Is it Weird Al? Yes. Yeah. Weird oh, yeah, Al yeah,
0: yeah. had Dare to be Stupid on the original cartoon okay. Transformers movies. soundtrack. Right, so you got two out of four. Yeah, two okay, out of four.
1: Okay, two out of four, that's not bad. Okay, now we're going to go to classic TV, okay? Okay. Now, these were shows that you gave me. You're like, I love these shows. So I took the questions from those shows, whether I knew them or didn't. Okay. First one, we're going to start with Family Matters. Who was Steve's first real girlfriend?
2: It wasn't Laura. That was his crush. Um, uh, it was the... Damn, why do I even pick Family Matters? Like, <laughs> there's only like ten episodes I like on that joint. Um, what's the first letter? It's, uh, an, it's an M. M. Uh, was Mariah?
1: Uh, I'm gonna give you that one. It's Myra. Okay, but okay, I'll give, okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a, it's a it's a little bit more of a stretch than the cassette tape, but yeah, Myra. It was. Uh, she was like obsessed with him, right? Yeah, yeah, she, I remember. Yeah, she was
2: the one as like, yeah, was really crazy about him.
1: She was Steve to Steve's. Laura. Laura, yeah.
0: Family Matters was my it's, joint on Nick
1: at Night
2: back in <sighs> She school. was hotter than Laura too. I'm like, yo,
1: steve you tripping, bro? Like, like yo, take that one. Yo, Stephon. Yes, yeah. On, so, yeah. Yo, Stephane, <laughs> um, in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh gosh, no. What food does Ashley sell at her job at the mall? Oh, uh
2: Weenie Hut Junior, right? Weenie so yeah, hot dogs. Right? Yeah. Hot dogs, corn dogs. Yeah.
1: Yep, mm-hmm. excellent. Uh, in the Golden Girls, why was Sophia forced to leave Shady Pines and move in with the girls? Uh, oh,
2: I just I was watching this all quarantine. Oh, I love this show so much. Um, R. P. to my grandma. That's, that was art joint back in the day. Um, what did she do? She didn't burn it down. It was a, she? Yeah, she set it on fire. Yep. Yeah, she set it on fire. She started a fire with yep.
1: a, with a faulty heater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Originally, they thought that she just started it directly, but it was a faulty heater. But she still got kicked out for it, and we got Sophia and the Golden Girls. Um, In good times. Oh yeah. What? (laughs) What Jackson sibling was a regular? Janet,
2: Janet Jackson, Penny got burned with the iron. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Four. There you go. You made it four for four, two for four, (laughs) six for eight. You're on your way here. You're over fifty percent. Okay. Excellent. All right. Now we're gonna move on to X Men. Do this. You you dominated classic TV's. So now you got to come back, finish strong I with X Men. Which X Men character marries into royalty?
2: Marries into royalty? Um, uh, I should know this. I, you, know right? I should know this. I should know this.
0: I might. I'm.
2: Oh, my. was it uh, Storm? Yeah, Storm yeah. married uh, the Black Panther. Yep, there yeah. you
1: go. Know. Excellent. Mm-hmm. That was almost going to be a bonus point, but you yeah. got it. Uh, good. Um, who created the X Men?
2: Two people. Writers, right?
1: The comic book writers or... Yeah, right, yeah. Um, Not the TV show creators. The original creators of the X-Men.
2: Um, I might sound stupid. I might, I might have to go upstairs for this one. Uh, I'm going to say Stan Lee. And other one I'm going to say... Uh, could be wrong, but I'm going to say Jack Kirby.
1: Oh, excellent. Nice. Oh. Yeah, you got yeah. it. Okay. Stan Lee it's and Jack, yeah. Kirby. Jack Kirby. Yep. yeah. For sure.
2: Yeah. Can they base it off, uh, I think, Malcolm X and the King was like the
1: Magneto inspiration and um. Professor X, so yeah. Mm-hmm. During the second season of the X Men animated series, or sorry, X Men the animated series, who attempts to get married?
2: Oh, uh, Scott and uh, Gene. Yep. yep. Scott and Gene. Yeah, the Mr. Sinister comes and like he just breaks all
1: that shit up. <laughs> Bonus points. See <laughs> that too. Is Mr. Sinister and Maude, too. Yeah, yeah. Showed up. All right, you don't even need to answer this one, but can you give me any sets? of X Men slash mutant siblings.
2: Okay, you got um Quicksilver and uh Scarlet Witch. You have Nightcrawler and uh Rogue. Um sorry, Hav- we're nodding our heads like Rock <laughs> yeah. TV. Yep, these are both right, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, are yeah. both a- right. Havoc and uh Cyclops. Yep. Um and also uh there's also another brother uh can't think of his name but he's like the uh, Vulcan. Yeah Vulcan, yeah Vulcan, yeah, Vulcan. Yeah, so it's three of those. Um, Jaggernaut and Charles Xavier. Step uh, brothers, brothers. yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, siblings. I think I'm missing like a another one. I think I'm missing. You still got yeah. quite see, a few. Yeah, yeah, I do know. Sure, yeah.
1: My favorite X-Men.
2: Oh, Colossus and um and his sister uh one of the new, uh, new mutants um oh what is her name oh she's like got a cold ass power though uh Colossus and uh. It's her, it's her, it's her Russian, I can't, can't think of her name, but Magic Magic, yeah. And yeah. then
1: technically, Mikhail is also that's way off. Um, but yes, the Rasputins, yeah, uh, it's
2: Abyss, right? Is is this the third sibling Abyss? No the, no, the villain, am I wrong?
0: I thought Abyss was in that uh,
1: that family lineage.
0: I'll be honest,
1: I'm a little weak on my X Men knowledge. The names that he, no, it doesn't, he was one of Apocalypse's horsemen for oh. uh, years though. Yeah. But yeah, magic. She's got like the she's magic. She got the sword too, like the spell sword and stuff. So yeah, they. It's funny. Russians grew up on a milk farm. (laughs) Yeah, as a magic like milk man, Colossus was carrying the cows, but they wouldn't let him turn into his uh, because, as you know, it's weird because while I complain, you know, we complain about the old X Men movies because while they're not perfect, the thing that sucked about Colossus in that movie is he didn't have an accent. But what was cool is he could change back and forth, which is technically what he can do. Yeah, yeah. So in the uh, the Deadpool movies, he has the accent, which is awesome, yeah. and more to his like character. But he stays metal the whole time, which I mean, it's fine with me. I was stoked to see him on the on the TV screen as much as he was. Look, Jordan can't come back for twenty five. <laughs> Not after that. <to> <laughs> Sorry, Jordan. Oh man.
0: So he got one of them already. But what are your Midwesterner's favorite X Men? Their top ones. You only need one. You already said
2: I Chaz. I said not uh, Yours? Uh, Wolverine? Is he in your top? No. He's not in your top? Okay. Uh, he's not my number one. That's what I'm asking for. You're your number one X-Man. I feel like we we discussed this somewhere oh, in the past. I think that was like... You
0: know
2: this. I know we talked about this. This our one of our bonding points in our friendship. You know, in that long car ride to Lady. Yep, yep. He forgot um. it. <laughs> 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 and I don't know.
0: Um... <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry bro but Chad knows it Because it was the pop That came out recently That I was super stoked about Is he He's an X-Man Hero or villain? Hero Okay Most
2: of the time Most of the time Gambit Gambit Yeah okay there The Raging Cajun yep. himself Okay Yeah I just had to think You know It's been a, it's been a long time <laughs> already, already. I almost but, forgot I was like sitting here I'm
1: like Oh my god <laughs> Like oh wait a minute Um that was impressive. I, I'm. This is impressive. I thought that these questions were pretty tough. There were some other ones that were like way like, especially the classic TV ones. Because while I was like, I knew the like the hot dog one with Fresh Prince of Bel yep. Air, but like some of the other ones I wasn't as, as knowledgeable about. But man, some of, like the trivia like they got up there is like, it's how I would feel going into like a Marvel quiz. Like that's how some people would feel going into this. But I'm yeah, looking yeah, at it like,
0: <laughs> all I'll say is you've set the bar for future guests. Hey, you know, oh sure. yeah. yeah, I mean he crushed.
1: I mean he went eight for eight on those two categories and went two for four. I mean that's what eighteen out of 21, 22, whatever, twenty two. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty
0: Plus you
2: got almost all of the bonus questions. Yeah. And even with the transformer questions, I kind of knew those, but at the same time, it's been I don't have a lot of friends in Milwaukee where I can like really talk about this with. So kind of like sits my mind sometimes. But that's why I mean, you come and visit us here yeah, on the Midwestern. I'm, I'm every day. <laughs> I, need,
1: I need these refreshers. <laughs> I got worried. I was like, I was thinking this was going to go really poorly because like I opened with the category that you have tattooed on, on your, your chest. chest. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, are these other ones going to be worse? <laughs> and like, oh man, I was like, this is Jordan 2.0. We're going to roll this back. Uh, he doesn't listen to the show enough. He probably won't even hear this. All right. So excellent. You passed the nerd betting. You can stay and hang out down here with the big kids. Now we are going to head over to the news
0: elvon you've been deemed worthy to keep your seat at the table for the rest of this episode so you can contribute wherever you feel the need to as we jump into the news we're gonna break in again this week with some sad news 2020 just keeps on taking people from hollywood that we love so very much the first one they took was ken spears who was the co-creator of scooby-doo if you'll remember from a past episode We also talked about the other co-creator that 2020 took from us, Joe Ruby. So both creators of Scooby-Doo passed away this year. Ken Spears was 82. Also this week, Alex Trebek, the host of Jeopardy, lost his long battle of stage four pancreatic cancer at the age of 80. All I'll say is that he put up a long fight because this is how my mom died. She lasted seven months but the average expectancy of stage four pancreatic is three months. And Alex Trebek made it almost two years and was still recording Jeopardy like two weeks before he died. So man's a fighter. I mean, you got that Hollywood money that can buy you the goods to help you with the fight too. But I mean, it's a it's a shame that we had to lose him.
1: Just, I mean, a legacy. Like you, you go away again, like we've talked about other people on the show who have passed away. But Alex Trebek is a guy who was around before we were talking about any of this. He was around when our parents, you know, we were even kids too. Like something as as simple as Jeopardy. Like something as simple as just a game show, like a trivia show that is monumental. Like it'll go down as one of the greatest, one of the most watched, one of the most remembered TV shows of all time. All it was was a 30 minute segment on when we came home from school, but it was like that show for so many people, so many families, so many kids with their parents would sit down and watch that.
0: The showrunner, like, made a statement this week about Alex Trebek and talked about how he loved the show because not only did it educate people, but it challenged people to ask questions and to learn more about the world around them. Which, again, is commendable to say about the guy if, like, that's his values and that's what he treasures most.
1: You know, the same thing we talked about with Black Panther, we don't. You know, we don't need to get on a train like this right away. But like, what is that for Jeopardy going forward? You know what I mean. Yeah. Like that show doesn't just as as iconic as it is. Like Bob Barker, Alex Trebek to Jeopardy. This show will go on. It will continue. I'm not saying right away tomorrow. Yeah. I'm not saying it's just going to continue right off the bat. It's going to keep rolling. But it'd be very interesting to see who's going to try to slide into those shoes. And it
2: never be the same. Those are some big shoes to feel Like um, to me. Uh, Trebek is actually the second best game show host of all time. Only to second to Bob Barker, which is, you know, Bob Barker's Bob Barker. But, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see who can replace Alex Trebek. Because he's like, that show was a staple. at that guy school. Watch Jeopardy for Dragon Ball Z. You know, it was Jeopardy was just like one that taught me a lot as a kid. A lot of trivia. You know, kind of introduces kids to trivia in a way. You know, it makes it kind of fun, you know, you're going against the show
0: or whatever. So, yeah, unfortunate, very unfortunate. Let's go into some brighter news. If you were a fan of the Michael Jordan docuseries The Last Dance, which was on ESPN and Netflix, and you are also a WWE fan.
1: Dude, I got to pull- there's not an if you're a fan of the Last Dance documentary. It's an if you've seen See, it or have yeah, not yeah. seen it. That's <laughs> over the line that's drawn. Let's just be clear about that. There's no if. That it is hands down the best documentary I have ever watched. And I am like a plan, I'm a planet Earth guy. I am a sports documentary junkie. Yeah. I love documentaries. This one just took it I told you, when when this one came out, that was that weekly T V back. Again, like with The Mandalorian, not with that. I was ready to watch it every single day it came out. So, with that being said, the real news is.
0: (laughs) Lillian Garcia, who is a wrestling ring announcer, revealed that WWE reached out to her to be in the Stone Cold Steve Austin documentary series that the creators of The Last Dance are working on. They are targeting to release this in 2021. WWE and Annie are also making separate Steve Austin documentaries. So, you got a slew of them that are coming out. This one's probably going to be the best one. What are you guys' thoughts on this news?
1: Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's interesting. I think the first thing I take away from it Steve Austin while being an iconic wrestler, there are some bigger names out there, yeah you know, especially with the rock you know yeah I think that guy's just a little too busy to sit down and do you know <laughs> documentary Jordan had time you know yeah. and, and and Steve you know Steve Austin has time, but I wasn't even a big wrestling fan I mean right, right off the bat. I, I quote you know I quote the guy you know and I wasn't a huge WWE fan I wasn't a huge wrestling fan, but somebody this iconic any sports fan knows
2: yeah, I'm a huge wrestling fan. I still watch it to this day. Don't tell my girlfriends that, but I still watch wrestling, and I love it. But I think as big as Stone Cold was, no one is bigger than The Rock. The Rock started off in wrestling and became this huge movie star, this huge brand ambassador. You know, I think, like you said, maybe he's a little too busy to do a documentary of that, that caliber, but Stone Cold was really great for the wrestling world, you know, but I think should have went to The Rock. It's kind of like... The Rock is the Michael Jordan of WWE, and uh, Stone Cold is kind of like um, maybe the Magic Johnson. Or, uh,
0: I always kind of viewed Stone Cold as like one of us. With the show, he definitely mm-hmm. has like a Midwestern vibe to him. Mm-hmm. Like, let's throw a couple cold ones, and then let's get in the ring and do some business, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know? And he's
1: not like, like eight-pack, shredded. He's a big dude, but I'm looking at him like... I could, that, that's my superhero, right? <laughs> now. That's a guy that's gonna you're gonna pound a forty with, and then you're gonna exactly. The he opinion. looks
0: like a he looks like a guy that you'd see in the grocery store. He looks know, like your uncle a <laughs> Yeah,
1: no, and I agree with you to like you said, it, it, maybe it's a, a conflict of interest depending on who's producing it or yeah. something like that. But I mean, The Rock, he was a professional football player. They got injured, ends up in the Canadian Football League, and then he starts wrestling like his dad did. Like the story just. It writes itself. Like mean, we can sit here and write the story for The Rock. Then the guy goes on to star in some movies. He's back to wrestling. He's in movies. He's a business entrepreneur. He owns the XFL for God's sake. Yeah. Now like, he's
2: the highest paid like action movie star in the game right now. Like it's he, and he started in a, really in the WWE to get his start. So I I think he's the greatest. And maybe that's wrestler of all time.
1: Maybe like ugh, this is gonna sound awful. Maybe maybe Steve Austin's story has been written. Like, The Rock's story is still being written. Like, he just bought a football league (laughs) six months ago. Like, this story is not barely over. Like, this guy seems like he was so huge before, but it seems like he's hitting his wheelhouse now. So, maybe that's why, just like with Jordan, his story's written. Like, Steve Austin, he did it. Like, we can go back and really review the whole story. Where at The Rock, we kind of get it left open-ended. There'd be so much left to give. So, maybe that's the reason why. I see that. They can't finish the book yet, so why write it?
0: next we're gonna go into some older news but was new news to me this week the popular showtime show shameless is returning for its 11th and final season on december 6th it's showtime's number one comedy and longest running series the interesting thing about this is this was not the creative team's decision this was showtime's The writer of the series came out and he's like, I could write this show forever, but Showtime came and said, it's time to end this now. It sucks, but at the same time, it's also nice when a network will give your show the proper way to end, like give you time to prepare for it instead of being like, oh, writing sucked, we're going to kick you out. I also think it's interesting though, because it's like Showtime's longest running show and it's Probably their most popular show.
1: I think with any really, really good show, you have two choices: you put a bow on it, and everyone's like, "Oh man, I'm so it's so sad it's over," mm. but it's it, it was perfect, like Breaking Bad, like Sons of Anarchy, like yeah. they could those shows could have kept going. And then you take a look at shows like Supernatural. <laughs> I enjoy Supernatural to an extent, but after a while, it was the same thing, and yeah. they're finally doing their final season, but it's like. Dude, you could have rapped ten seasons ago. Your show was (laughs) good, but that's the thing. Breaking Bad knew when to end. Sons of Anarchy knew when to end. 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 Game of Thrones, while they didn't end very strong, knew that it was time to finish that story. And I think that's what so Showtime is doing. They're like, we have a great thing here. It's a beautiful thing, but we need to tie it off. You know, in the last, are we are we all caught up? Have we watched Shameless or do we not? Should we not? I haven't
2: seen season uh, ten. Yeah, I'm not yeah. caught up with okay. the new yeah. season But
1: But a lot of people are getting their stories, like I said, they're putting ribbons and bows on a yeah. lot of people's stories. A lot of characters are are leaving the show and things like that, and they're doing it the right way. You know, they're finishing those storylines, and, and I think we're going to see a lot of that in, you know, season 11, you said? Season 11?
0: Season 11 starts December 6th.
1: So, get on Showtime. Yeah. Otherwise, too, I know if you have the Hulu Plus showtime it's like an extra dollar a month you can watch all you can watch them as they come out to our Showtime.
2: So. i got my mom showtime uh shout out linda for showtime anytime <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> i got that thank you mom but uh i've watched shameless since season one and i think uh it's really well written very funny you know it keeps you on your toes but i think it could have ended uh with Fiona left i think they could have ended it there so i'm happy you're putting a cap on it now because I also agree that supernatural has gone on for too long. Like like they fighting God now. Like yeah, they, I'm what? like what? <laughs> Find a bullet that can that can kill God. I'm like, yo, they're doing the most. What <laughs> the what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> You kill vampires, now we're killing God. Like, oh, yes. yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, so.
1: it's like, that's the thing, too. Like, as a casual fan, if you were like a casual fan, like in the first three or four seasons, it's like, ooh, Sam and Dean, they're so hot. They're killing yeah, demons yeah. and monsters. Yeah. If you stumble upon an episode, the most recent season, mm-hmm. it's like, they got an angel best friend, and the devil helps them, too. And now, like you said, they're trying to kill God. It's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what, what, the, what did, what did yeah, I miss? What is
0: going on? Yeah. <laughs> I've never watched Supernatural, so I don't have anything to contribute nice. to that, but I will just give one more shout out to uh, Linda for being our HBO hookup when Chad and I lived together. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Back in the day. That's that the only reason
1: I got to remain my throne, so shout out to Linda.
2: Linda's the best.
0: So, to wrap up an older series and to bring up a newer series, Production Weekly, which is like a report. That studios have to like fill out and that gets like publicly released. There were some interesting nuggets that came out of that last week. There was a report from Disney and Lucasfilm that an unannounced Star Wars miniseries is going to be starting production this week ahead of the season three production of Mandalorian and rumors are that this series is supposed to be about Boba Fett.
1: So, in the first episode, we get to see Boba Fett's armor, uh, donned by Timothy Oliphant. We can't go too far down the rabbit hole, because we just tangented hard last episode about the Mandalorian. We
0: did, and we still don't want to go too spoilerish, either, right. since there are people like Elvon, who haven't seen it yet, who might want to someday cop <laughs> on that hype train. We're almost, it's
1: three episodes, though. It's three, we we can we will give one We will to say that the armor was donned in the episode, not... By Boba Fett. But there is another huge piece to this in episode one. We gotta put a stamp on this. We gotta tell our listeners, if you don't watch it, by a certain time, we can talk about it. What is the, what is the birth? Three weeks? Four weeks? I,
0: I, I figured that we would do, like, a spoiler episode, like, or a spoiler recap of the season once it's done. Okay, fair
1: enough. Then Okay, we'll do that, and y'all are lucky, because I want to talk about it now. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's it's more Star Wars. That's... Keep giving us more Star Wars, whether there's lightsabers or not. It's you know, keep giving it to us, especially if anybody from the creative team with Fabro is on it, keep keep pumping it out.
0: Absolutely. Another show that made it onto this weekly report is a Marvel property. So we haven't gotten season one yet, but it is reported that season two of the Loki Disney Plus series is going to be starting production in twenty twenty two. This matches earlier rumors from this year from Marvel insiders that pretty much dropped the same information that season two was going to be starting production in 2022. The reason it's 2022 is because Tom Hiddleston who plays Loki is going to be in production for a different show on Netflix in 2021 and because of coronavirus and all that stuff going on.
1: It's, it's harder to say with, Company that owns the character and owns the streaming service and owns the show, when they're like, We're gonna make another one, but it's always really good news when you hear something's being made another season mm-hmm. before it's even out. They announced that Mandalorian season three was starting production before they even aired a single episode of season two. So, when you hear, like, if a, it, you know, at the end of the day. Disney is all-powerful and almighty, but they're out there chasing the the dollar. Like, that's what they're doing. They're just trying to make money. So, if they didn't think Loki would work, they wouldn't give him a second season already, especially without seeing any feedback from the fans. So...
0: I mean, he was one of the more popular characters throughout the majority of the movies that he was in for the Marvel movies. I thought it was interesting because I thought it was going to be like a one-and-done season series. Like... We saw him disappear in Endgame, and I thought, you know, he was going to do his fun time travel thing in this season, and that would be it. But with the season two, I mean, it's good news because Tom Hiddleston is great as Loki. Absolutely. But it also raises the question of where are they going to go, not only in season one, but then after season one into season two.
2: Yeah, i want to piggyback off that. I I thought it was going to be one and done as well, Um, but hearing it's going to be season two in production. I mean, Marvel's just getting all that coin right now. I, I, they can do no wrong. After the end game, Marvel can do no wrong. Now, DC? Nah. nah <laughs> I don't know about that, but Marvel can do whatever the hell they want. They're going to get the viewers, get the money. It's going to be good, too. Good quality. Marvel has not failed me yet. Has not failed me.
1: I have the same mindset about DC, but I'm holding my tongue until the, the Zack Snyder cut comes out. So, I don't know if you're aware of that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been reading about that. Okay, I'm, yeah. So well, Let's all just wait. i I'm not a huge fan of all the DC stuff either. One of them was pretty good. Aquaman was okay. But let's wait. Let's wait on the Snyder Cut, though.
2: I will never forgive him for the green. I will never. <laughs> never forgive him for that.
1: Little Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Ever.
0: <laughs> and what was once old might become new again. Some very exciting news if you are a TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan like I am. And especially if you loved that original first 90s movie. This week, Bobby Herbeck, who was the writer of the original 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, was interviewed by ComicBook.com, where he dropped the news that him and the original team of that first movie have been talking about bringing back that original 90s Turtles and rebooting it to work with today so bobby heck the writer of the original movie and producer kim dawson they're looking to do a true sequel to the original trilogy herbeck has been in talks with steve Barron, who was the director of the first film as well as brian henson the son of the late jim henson on the subject when asked directly if they'd want to make a sequel herbeck replied yes the answer is yes we're trying to make it happen we want to do a reboot We got our fans to come to us on Instagram and they're like, why don't you guys do a reboot of the first movie? We'd love to do it. The truth is this property it's established now after 30 years as a part of our modern pop culture. It's not going away. It's only going to continue to grow. I do wish that we could go back. I mean, we've talked to Steve Barron about this and Brian Henson. And if there were an opportunity, if one of the studios saw fit, I think we could go back and reboot it like it was. Imagine if Brian Henson had access to the technology he does today to make these costumes and all that. I think it would be amazing. A reboot like that, I think, would really get people's juices flowing.
2: My juices are flowing right now. (laughs) Um, I want Justin Bieber to dance with the turtles and uh, the ninja Rats. That's what I want to (laughs) see in today's generation. No, but... uh, as a kid, those movies were watched every weekend. I kid you not. Every weekend we put those movies on. So I would love to see how you do today. I'm excited to hear this. You showed me the article. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I did not see this. It's called
0: Toy Story and those Ninja Turtles Teenage movies. Book, yeah. Those ones were on constant replay on my VCR. Wearing that thing you know, out. And, I, and Mortal Kombat. The first one. You know, I hope they can bring that back too. I At first, I was hesitant about this news. Because I thought it was going to be like a sequel. They wouldn't be Teenage anymore if it was a <laughs> sequel because yeah. it's 20 years later. Especially if you wanted to bring back like April and Casey yeah. and some of those original actors. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Oh, Ninja Gold!
0: But the fact that they said Reboot really gets me going. Yeah. Because the original team, when given the ability to do what they wanted to do, they've shown that they can make gold. I've hated the look of the bay turtles and i didn't think that cgi worked the best but if you bring brian henson back to do those original like costumes Mm -hmm. like actual people in the suits with the animatronic models and all that but update it to make it better and look more realistic i think not only would this be a good move for the turtle franchise but maybe we could get out of this state that all these studios are in where they're like everything in every movie needs to be CGI and let's jumpstart practical effects again because practical effects look a lot better and they look
1: more realistic than any of the CGI that we've seen. I have two things, two quick things. First thing is a statement. Second thing is a request. First thing is anything that gets paired with the Henson properties Anything Jim Henson related, whether it's now his son, you know, whoever's running it, I'm in. I'm always in. Especially, like, after they reinvigorated my love for him. The Dark Crystal. Again, like a reboot. But, again, Jim Henson, anything Henson property, I'm all in. Him. My second thing is, while I'm aware we didn't like the Michael Bay Turtles, can we please get Stephen Amell to come back and play Casey Jones again? Because, come on, man. <laughs> that
0: second Turtles yeah. movie... Everybody hated it because they hated the first one and because they hated the way that the Turtles looked. Yeah. I am one of those people that find a very guilty pleasure with that movie. Is it still pretty bad? Yes. Are there some good things to take out of it? Yes. Yeah,
1: there's some redeemable Stephen hearts. Amell
0: as Casey Jones was great. Rocksteady and Bebop for the first time in a live action movie and Krang, regardless. Krang was a bit over the top and cheesy but it still worked and it focused more on the turtles than the first movie did they didn't feel like they were an afterthought in their own movie and there were actually some really good plot points in that movie that i enjoyed but that being said if i could choose between that and the originals i'm still going to choose the originals i'll still watch Turtles Three, Turtles in Time. Before I'll <laughs> touch those Michael Bay movies.
2: Yeah, I like Michael Bay, but uh, it's it's a no for me, dog. I can't. Nah, I didn't like the new reboot Ninja Turtles. Um, I fell asleep on both of those in the theater. Um, yeah, I didn't. I don't like Megan Fox at all. Um, Amos was really good as Casey Jones. I do give him that. It was really dope ass pick with Casey Jones. But besides that, nah, like I forgot those even invented to You like brought those out. <laughs> 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 everybody
1: has their own things that we just like to forget personally that they exist and as we wrap up the news uh our main topic this week is really exciting because brian and i the midwestern nerds were not the ones who came up with the main topic for this week it was actually brought to us by our guest Elvon. yes
2: yeah, so i was listening to the battle of the bands episode what the fuck man like that was really great like i was really surprised and um, the people you guys picked and i was like hmm when I got asked to be a guest I said okay what can I do to like you know kind of keep that same vibe you know and um cause I wish I was an episode like you know I would've you know my band would've been fucking killing it
1: you know we so, caught some like, heat on Facebook both of us did cause Elvin calls us both out first one was you hey, Chad Beyonce's not a backup singer. No,
2: nah, she's not, know, not a backup singer. She's a singer.
1: star. <laughs> she's and, then, and also then commented. And also, Brian, what the fuck? You got 45 guys yeah, in the Brian, band. Yeah, Brian, like, yeah. I had you... 10 guys in my band. You had 10, ten, posi- you had you ten had, positions. You had, you had 10 like... lead singers.
2: <laughs> yeah, he gonna sing lead and he might play bass, you know.
1: Like... Well, I, that was what made me laugh so hard. Like, the, the 45 guys in it was, I laughed. But then when you're like, how are you going to pay those guys? Yeah, <laughs> man, I'm like,
0: kind It's fiction, man. <laughs> this is my dream band. <laughs> They're going to pull all the money in.
2: Yeah. We're
1: bringing guys back from the dead, but Elvon's worried about how we're going to pay them. Yeah, you know, they
2: like, but if you have Beyonce in a band, there's no band. It's just Beyonce. The band name is Beyonce. Everybody else is just a backup.
1: Right, I'll have to rethink
2: that. She can be your opening act. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. God. Oh. That's
1: worse. All right. Sorry. Yeah, but no, but Elvon did have a great idea for this week.
2: Yeah. Uh, I want to do movies. I'm a big movie buff. You know, um, so I want to do, like, a battle of the movies. Maybe we can call it that. Or, you know, just you pick our castmates, our director, um, and a composer, you know, and um, maybe it's a little bit about your film, what it be about. You've got a title. You know, it's a battle of the movies.
1: This is like a Westerners westerner Sundance. Like, this is an independent film festival. We're here pitching to, yeah. like, Miramax. This is like me, Kevin Smith, walking in with like twenty three thousand dollars to pitch a movie that's going to become a cult classic, but I don't know. <laughs> I started out the Battle of the Bands. Do you want to? Do you want to kick off? Oh man, I wish we had a sweet title we could call. Cause Battle of the Bands is good. We stole Battle of the Bands, but um, we'll th- we'll think of something. We'll tag it. We'll, we'll Oscar it. Meyer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, I can
1: kick it off for. <laughs>
0: My dream movie cast and crew and whatnot. Director, the one that I chose to go with. I had to go with this guy just because he's one of the modern greats. uh, Christopher Nolan. had to go with Christopher Nolan. Um, Especially when I get to like my movie pitch idea. He was the best fit for this movie. Just loves classic old school stuff, but brings in such new, innovative technology and ways of filming and uh, plot points and elements. So yeah, Christopher Nolan, he's my director. The composer, of course, has to be Christopher Nolan's first choice of composer, and he's my first choice, my favorite composer, Hans Zimmer. This guy, again, very innovative, and this is one of the few composers that gives love to the drummers and the percussion. The different styles and sounds that he can make with percussion and drums. The Man of Steel soundtrack had a drum orchestra, oh. like a drum set orchestra. There were 10 guys sitting in a in a circle on drum set just making music. And me as a drummer had to go with Hans Zimmer for that. My cast, my lead actor, Chad, would know. It's a pretty no-brainer if you know me. This is a guy that I feel like Hollywood sleeps on all the time and that most people sleep on. Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he's one of the most talented actors in the industry today.
1: I mean, if you just watch The Notebook alone, you know how good of an actor Jake Gyllenhaal is. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) He's not Ryan Gosling. He's not Ryan Gosling. This is the longest running bit I used to get him so fucking heated when we were roommates and we'd be talking about it we'd do his, uh, his YouTube channel or just in general, we'd be yeah. talking about it with people and I'd be like, yeah, man, he was so good in The Notebook. Like, and we I, get, I started naming all these Ryan Gosling movies and that, right there, he's shaking his head and just, he's like, oh, <laughs> he was so I dead. forgot about that until this exact People moment. think
0: of like 20 years ago when he did Brokeback Mountain with Heath Ledger. Like, well, he he's, was in that. Yeah. He's done a lot more movies
1: since then. Keith Ledger um, likes choking the jelly holes. Yeah. <laughs> she, did it, oh, man. she did it. She did it. She did it Oh, yeah. oh, oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> but no,
0: honestly, honestly though, like one of the most talented actors that's in the industry today that gets slept on all the time. If you haven't seen Nightcrawler, if you haven't seen Prisoners, Enemy, Brothers, Nocturnal Animals. Broadback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain, yeah, he's in that, but that. he's just he's just got such a range. I mean, yeah, you got a yeah, little he had taste a range
2: in that movie, okay,
1: a sorry. lot of depth in that <laughs> yeah, movie. All right, all right, all
0: right. Yeah, we got a little taste of what he can do from Far From Home when he was Mysterio, but he's got so much, so much talent and so much more to give. My antagonist in the movie is David Tennant. This guy, I love this guy from Doctor Who. He's my favorite Doctor. Also, if you've seen Jessica Jones, you know that this guy, he owns the screen, and he can be the most vicious villain in the world. I know Disney hasn't really deemed it canon anymore, but hands down, best villain in the MCU. His Killgrave.
1: His Killgrave was just iconic. Mm. It was You can take that from, based off of any comic that you've ever seen The Purple Man in, and absolutely, the Netflix Marvel movie, like the Marvel show run, best villain that was there, like... That was a guy who should have been used as, like, a Defenders-level villain. That's a guy oh, absolutely. who should have been yep. looped back, but, oh.
0: Just. That's a guy that Marvel should have, like, tapped on the shoulder and been like, hey, this show is nice, but why don't you be in, like, four movies, and then you won't just be known in the UK. You'll be known worldwide.
1: Like, rip it. Just what they should do is, as much as I love the Netflix runs, take all those actors because they're they're great. Uh, Charlie Cox played Daredevil, Mike Colter who played like Luke Cage, David Tennant just pull them all out, blow it up and then redo whatever you want with the defenders like New York Heroes with those actors but just erase everything from canon. Then you can really make Kilgrave a true villain you want him to be. You can make that Heroes for Higher action but uh, that's you still surprise me, <laughs> partner. <laughs> So
0: yeah, I had to pick him as my villain. My leading lady, even though she kind of falls in the supporting cast of this movie, goes out to Margot Robbie. Again, one of the most talented actresses that's in the business today. Absolutely gorgeous. Hell yeah. I I fall for that accent. (laughs) And she listens to heavy metal music, like Bullet from a Valentine and Slipknot and all that, so... You got some personal stuff there, too, that I'm like, yes, I stand by her, and she's my leading lady in my movie. I've also casted Rosario Dawson to be David Tennant's number two. Again, very talented actress, has been in a slew of things, but I still feel like she doesn't get the credit that she deserves. I mean, she was good enough to be in, like, all of the netflix marvel tv shows and carry her role and have like her own storylines in each of those shows and she's in clerks too she's in clerks too
1: yep this uh this podcast revolves very heavily around kevin smith centric uh things just due to the fact (laughs) (laughs) again my castings very
0: much revolve around like Very talented people that I just feel like don't get enough
1: credit. And even what I've seen so far in your casting, I think the best thing about yours is your bang for your buck is wild. Because you are picking people who are
3: viciously
1: talented and underrated. So you're going to get them at such a good cost that you're going to have such a large budget for everything. Like Even if we set a cap for our movies we're going to make. Like you're not throwing in Robert Downey Jr. You're not throwing in like a Denzel where you're paying like top dollar. Your actors might not be your big budget, but where you're shooting, like your scenes, everything else you're gonna throw into it is what where you're gonna put all your money in. So I, I like I like this. I
0: may be stopping you in your tracks with my last casting. Okay, that Robert Downey Jr.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I put him in supporting cast because he's got a smaller role in this movie, but I couldn't have a movie that I'm putting together in my dream movie without having Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. He's going to be Whoa, that, and that the older. And movie
2: got 2% on Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> no! No! Yes, yes, his, yes. his
0: movies, are a lot of them cheesy? Yes. Are a lot of them guilty pleasure? Yes. But at the same time, they're so much fun. And we're going to get all the one-liners from his role. Two percent on ride.
1: Sorry,
0: yo.
2: Oh man, take it's two real- of these and call me in the morning. <laughs> no,
1: not dude. No, I used to meet you.
3: <laughs>
0: I'll be back. What he gonna say? What is okay? My bad. Keep going. Oh my god. But he's gonna—he's a supporting role in the movie. He's like the older, seasoned guy that's helping our main heroes along for a short amount of time. So. Yes, we'll have, probably have to pay a pretty penny to get him on board, but we won't have to pay him to keep him on for very long. So, that's my crew. Movie pitch is it's more or less like themes and ideas. It's it's kind of like uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers or Face Off meets like, Tenet Inception. Tenet is more like the time travel aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So, people going back in time to <clears> kind of like... Discredit you by appearing to look like you. Okay, okay, kind of deal. I like that. I I felt like it very much, and again, that's why I ended up going with Christopher Nolan because it very much fits like his vibe. He the stuff that he does with time Mm -hmm. in all of his movies, like he would love this and just go to the moon and back with this idea.
1: I like it. I like it a lot. Again, it's one of the things. Like I know you and I align on a lot of things. With actors and directors and things like that but i hate it, it, this is a stupid branding for it but it's like you like people that aren't that cool like people automatically want to call it a hipster thing like i liked him before they were cooler. i like these actors that aren't mainstream like but that's you just are able to find those diamonds in the rough like you pick out a gem and you follow that actor like oh i really enjoyed jake gyllenhaal in that movie you know for me somebody like me i'd be like oh yeah he was great in that and if somebody was in something else i was interested in I would seek it out, but you're like, no, I'm gonna follow this guy and see where he's at because he's he's a super talented actor. Because even these different actors that you pop in on here and there, Jake Gyllenhaal, Tenet, Rosario Dawson, like they don't put out poor quality stuff. Yeah, but you just don't think of them front and foremost, you know. Especially nowadays, in, in especially with nerd culture, the age of you know the MCU, you're thinking of. your your bat flex you're thinking of chris evans robert downey jr all the Chris's, chris pack chris hemsworth you know well even
0: the names you're dropping before like denzel washington and russell crowe and like those big like a-list actors
1: a-list action you know thriller guys you know so i i appreciate that about you i like i like that a lot because it's something that it keeps the show grounded while i can be wild and like it's nice because I can be wild and out there and do whatever I want. And Brian's like, no, we're still Midwestern nerds. We still live this life. <laughs> So,
2: So, um, okay. Can't be Arnold, but um, see what I can do. All right. So my director, and I get to, uh, why he's my director when I get to the plot, is going to be Michael Mann. Uh, Michael Mann is like one of the best, if not the best director of like crime drama. One of my favorite flicks is Heat. I love the way he did that one. Um, Public Enemies. You no, know, So Michael Mann is definitely uh, my first and only choice. For he, my movie Christopher director.
0: Nolan took inspiration from that movie in Dark Knight with that opening bank robber scene. Yeah. Like straight up took that from that movie. You see my director is schooling your director now. So, you know, <laughs> so already
2: on top. Oh, <laughs> and my composer, uh, my movie is set in the late 70s. Um, so my composer is actually going to be Niles Rogers. He was uh, the lead, uh, not the lead singer, but the lead guitarist and creator of the uh, band uh, Chic. You know, they got uh, the song Love Freak. You know, Chic, yeah, that's oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So he's like, he wrote uh, plenty of disco songs for Donna Ross and, uh, you know, just a lot of the 70s sound, uh, late 70s sounds came from Niles Rodgers. He recently did that uh, thing with Daft Punk and Pharrell. Couple of, like some years back, okay. Yeah, when uh, Daft Punk had a comeback with the Niles Rogers, so he's my composer. My music to be like you know, just straight late 70s songs. All right, let's get to the cast. My main star is you know, what uh, Chad brought up, but I have a big budget for this movie. You know, you got Michael Mann, you got to keep going. A big budget. Um, my main star is uh, Denzel, Denzel Washington. And joining Denzel is going to be um, a surprise pick, uh, Eddie Murphy. Oh, okay. Yeah, Eddie Murphy, because uh, not only is he one of the greatest comedians of all time to me, he is also an uh, underrated actor as well. He can, uh, in Girls, on know recent have Girls, Dreamgirls, um, but he can really play a, a, a really good serious role as well as bring the humor uh, to his roles
1: you're going to bust him for Arnold but you're not going to bust him for Eddie Murphy Axel Foley. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, <first of> all, <laughs> um, excuse me, I'm looking for I was <laughs> I got herpethimplex like 10. Got, <laughs> D- those are mega fams. That's what I, he was, <laughs> I
0: was waiting for my Burns at the end cuz so far <laughs> this sounds like Dolomite too.
1: <laughs> 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 oh, okay, okay. Uh,
0: I got
2: uh Michael B Jordan also my movie I think he's one of the uh... why
1: don't you just cast yourself? Your <laughs> I know, social right? media yes. is flooded with stuff yeah. You and Michael B. Jordan
2: are twins. We're twins. <laughs> separated at birth. Um and let me tell you a little story of Michael B. Jordan, right? So I'm watching Kree. I'm on a date and he comes out and I have to open the scene to the ring and takes his little shirt off, right? Muscles is gleaming on something. He got the oil on his body. I'm like, no, bro looking you know, like bro looking big as hell. I'm like, okay. And so I hear from the back, this girl say, Oh my God that's on Baby Daddy. And I said, after I seen that movie, I hit the gym, like, for two months straight. Ate nothing but chicken and fish and veggies. Like, I, I needed to have that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Michael B. Jordan is also my twin. Just let the... It didn't pan out. Didn't... Okay. Whoa, I know whoa, there's whoa. no video here, but... Wow. <laughs> I mean,
1: unlike
0: Killmonger, don't throw this boy's body in the ocean, because he's the only Navy man that I know who they can't,
2: can't swim. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: shit.
0: That is true.
2: Um, Anyway... Haters, uh, so I went a little overboard to cast. And bear with me; I'm gonna try to be uh, efficient and quick as possible. Uh, Tracy Morgan, um, because don't, I don't it,
1: no, Don't be There's no efficiency. This is this is our main topic. This is where we can get into it. This is where we can make oh, fun of sure. Arnold. This is where we can talk about. Come on, for Tracy sure. Morgan.
2: Well, I got Tracy Morgan, I, and you understand why when I get to my plot. Um, I hope so. Yeah, it's, it's a weird cast. Uh, wait, Ray Liotta. It's also in my movie.
1: He busted you for Arnold, but he brought Tracy Morgan in. Three <laughs> right? <ride>. rock Tracy Morgan. <laughs> um, uh, you, uh, I well, hope your plot yeah, works yeah,
2: out yeah. well. Yeah, Wait till I get Ray to the Liotta. plot. Uh, okay. Ray Liotta. Uh, Remember Ryan, Cop and... Out? I sure don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in the real—that's hey, uh, a Kevin Smith movie. So can you?
2: And <laughs> <laughs> the real uh, actor in Notebook, Ryan Gosling. I gotta put. It. I gotta put the Ryan Gosling in there. Um, I don't know you ever seen Drive, but. Ryan Gosling uh, didn't really say a damn word in that movie, and that was probably his best acting role, and he's really, really underrated
0: actor in my eyes. Let me emphasize for Alvon, Ryan Gosling, not Jake Gyllenhaal, for my co-host here, Chad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Sweet. We're going to have to clear this up later. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know.
2: So I got Ryan Gosling, um, and my leading lady is going to be uh, Zoe Kravitz. Um, the Ooh. daughter of uh, Lisa Bonet and uh, Lenny Kravitz,
1: stepdaughter of Aquaman.
2: Yeah, of Aquaman. Yeah, like she's just a lot of sexiness in the family, and she's hot. Her damn self. And How so, big is your
0: cast? I thought we had to keep this to like five.
2: Yeah, but uh, <laughs> wait to the plot, you know. And, uh, it's it's my idea, you know. So you know, I added you know a couple more people. He tells us yeah. the guidelines
1: and then immediately breaks them. Yeah, but when well, you right? add like you had like
2: fifty people for your band. <laughs> Look That's at you in this
1: movie, movie. <laughs> The band is over Now we're talking about this yeah.
0: don't, don't mind me Paying for my band How are you paying for your movie Specifically
1: sets us up and says Cash Y'all out Y'all can pick out Five Cash <laughs> Y'all can pick five people <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is a Netflix movie. They got cash somewhere in here. This is like here. Netflix. This yeah. is like The Expendables. Yeah. Black media. Yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and so the plot is, I call the movie... Um, Golemite 2. <laughs> <laughs> electric Boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Ghost of Brooklyn. The Ghost of Brooklyn. Um, and I picked mostly uh, a lot of the black actors are from the New York area. And um, hence why I picked Tracy Morgan. Because if you hear Tracy Morgan talk, he is Brooklyn personified. Like, mm-hmm. He is New York. He's the most New York person I've ever seen talk in my life. Like, he's stereotypical New York. He's passionate. Our interviews, his favorite point guard is Michael Way Richardson. If you don't know who that is, that was a point guard for the Knicks for five years until you're smoking crack and you have to get out of the league, but that's his favorite point, guard. So
1: now I feel like an asshole. We're sitting here making fun of his picks, and then he, in one foul swoop, ties everything together.
2: Yeah, and so the Ghost of Brooklyn is a crime drama. Um, so yeah, Eddie Murphy, Denzel, and Tracy Morgan are brothers, and they are uh, part of this black crime family. And Michael B. Jordan is the son of Eddie Murphy, who's uh, the middle child of the brothers. And Ray Leota and Ryan Gosling are in the mafia. And so these uh, families have had good business relationships, but the younger generation, um, Ryan Gosling and Michael B. Jordan, are feuding because um, Michael B. Jordan is in love with Zoe Kravitz, who is a disco singer married to Ryan Gosling. So they have an affair which leads the families to uh, break the business down and they start to the feud. So it um, sounds like
0: Romeo and Juliet met the hood in the 70s yes, in new york it's like the godfather meets <laughs> new jack city
2: You're
1: killing it. i'm sitting here yeah. like i'm thanking god we don't have a huge audience because we're trying to, we got a copyright this right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: like godfather meets new jack city meets
0: just, I, I gave you crap about how big your cast was but can you please pull out of the grave chadwick boseman to be denzel washington's son and fit him in somewhere in that movie, just because Denzel was the one who pretty much got Chadwick Boseman into Hollywood. You know, so you and that's why I'm saying all
1: time, like all time this movie. While well, you're a movie like, well, I think we gotta have a talk after this, we gotta plan this out, but yeah, all I time, you, you pull this. that guy out too. <laughs> yeah, because
2: yeah, he, he, he's also from, uh he's really New York, he's really uh New York yeah, accent. What has, was yeah, was
1: that, uh, that uh, 20, 21 Bridges that he yeah, did? Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah.
2: Yeah, he's phenomenal. Um, guy, guy, yeah, R.I.P. He's he was a really really good actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to use anybody who uh who passed. Um, mm. but if I I should have you know if I did it, he would definitely
0: replace. Uh,
2: it's because he already pitched
1: this with the studio before he brought it to us. That, yeah. <laughs> that's his idea. He's like, I already signed the contract for this, so.
0: This is my mm-hmm. announcement. This movie actually is in production. Yeah. Yeah. Pre-production right now. <laughs>
1: We got yeah. a guess now. We <laughs> like <laughs>
0: yeah, those are my
2: those are my picks, and uh, that's my cast. Ghost of Brooklyn.
1: So I get two dramatic casts and two dramatic actors, like some big stories, time travel with Nolan, and, and a Denzel crime drama. I must have missed the memo <laughs> on exactly what this project was supposed to be about.
0: There's all types of movies, Chad. There's
1: all types of movies. um... <laughs> My biggest struggle was coming up with what my movie and my cast was going to look like because right out of the gate, y'all don't have to guess, everybody, even everyone who listens, you don't even have to know me that well, everyone who listens to this podcast knows who my director was right out of the gate. It was Kevin Smith. I love everything he has ever done. It, I mean, I bleed Kevin Smith. I'm, I'm not quite going vegan. I can't do that with him and his daughter, but I mean, hold on, we had dinner tonight. We had gluten-free, everything, and plant-based yeah. meatballs. Like. They were delicious. Yep. Vegetarian and gluten-free. Not yeah. vegan because we had alfredos. So we had cream. So, But vegetarian, gluten-free, yeah. delicious.
2: The like. best meatballs ever. Ask Jake Gyllenhaal about Heath lettuce meatballs. <laughs> Chaz or better. All right. All <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> Let's get back on top of right here. Yeah.
1: I love the notebook. So, we'll just <laughs> back off. Um so uh, Kevin Smith is of course my director and this is where I ran into a struggle because I wanted to do a big blockbuster like big money big actor movie but the struggle I ran into is I look at even like you know your dogmas your Jersey girls your chasing Amy's like even some more I look at all these movies and, and Kevin Smith does have range you know he does have Range to an extent, but a lot of his lives in, in comedy and like real-life stuff. So I had to take it the comedy route. So, hard left turn, from where we've been with your guys' Denzels and David Tennant's and things like that, I went really hard into the all-time same as with my band. I, I pulled from the grave a couple of musicians. I did the same thing with my cast, so... The first one I'm going to give you, you guys did leading role, leading lady, antagonist. My movie is definitely going to be more of like a buddy comedy. So like not your grown-ups, not your Tommy boy, but it's going to be a blend of SNL magic. So right off the bat, we got a double up here, Eddie Murphy is going to I mean, how many different roles could this guy be in? And just an iconic stand-up comedian, a phenomenal actor, just funny going from stand-up comedian. My dad, I remember, always, always would quote, we'd say something or something that didn't make any sense. My dad would go, Goody to Google. He'd be like, what, what? He'd be like, I'm in the boat. And the lady, she'd stick her head in the water. She'd pull out a fish. She'd spit out the fish. She'd say, go it is hands down to this day the one Eddie Murphy bit that can make me laugh no matter what.
2: From his stand-up, right? Yeah, I it's... think that was a uh, raw. Yeah, yeah raw when he's yeah. wearing
1: the the red. Li- yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's delirious, delirious. Delirious, delirious is where, it, yeah, is, Go- yeah, right. delirious yeah. Is comes from the the Goody Google. But my daddy said all the time, like when we were little <laughs> kids too. I remember when we were really little, we'd say some some shit, and he'd be like, "Goody Google," we'd be like, "What's Goody Google? What the fuck is Goody Google?" <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, no Eddie Murphy. He he can take it from end to end. Kids movie with Dr. Doolittle, all the way back to Raw. You know, there's yeah. this guy has just incredible range. Donkey, Donkey, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? <laughs> Shrek. This guy's incredible range. Um, an actor who has been killing it since the '90s. Another SNL cast member who just released a Halloween movie that I love, and uh, Hubie Halloween. Adam Sandler. There is no way that I can have a Kevin Smith led movie. That would not include Adam Sandler. I think that that is a mo- that is a movie that has to happen before it's all said and done. I think that while Kevin Smith has done some really funny movies and a lot of the times has involved a lot of his guys, I think Adam Sandler is very much that his guys kind of comedy. I think those two getting together as a creative team, as an actor director combo, you know, if I can see like the water boy and silent Bob in the same movie that's acting. (laughs) We give Adam Sandler executive producer chops, you know, and mix that up. Uh, So you're going to see a lot of the one trend you're going to see through this entire lineup is SNL. While I'm not a classic SNL, like I have, I've seen almost all of it, but obviously I haven't watched SNL from the beginning to see all of it. So Eddie Murphy and Adam Sandler and the next one, the late, the great, best friend of Adam Sandler, Chris Farley. I could not have gone and created a comedy lineup of all time and not brought Chris Farley for it. There were so many projects that he was supposed to be a part of. There were so many projects that he was supposed to be involved with that got missed. Like, did you know before Mike Myers was Shrek? It was supposed to be Chris Chris Farley. Yeah. You know, and Tommy Boy, Black Sheep. Beverly Hills Ninja. There's so many movies, like, to this day, you look back and it's like, Chris Farley, we lost him so soon, so early, so way too early. There was so much content that was left. Like, if Adam Standler, Sandler could still be producing to this day, I'm sorry. But when it comes to SNL, who do you remember from Lunch Lady Land? Do you remember Adam Sandler's song? No. Or do you remember Chris Farley? You remember no, Farley? No. Adam Sandler uh, last year came out with a Netflix uh, comedy special. If you haven't seen it, I'd highly recommend it. He closes out the show with a tribute song to Chris Farley. If you didn't cry. You don't have a heart. Like, the the Sandler cuts all the shit, stops his comedy show, and puts on a full, heartfelt pledge to his friend, Chris Farley. Like, I, I was bawling watching this, and it's, you know, again... Somebody that I think we missed a lot of. I think we could have gotten a lot more out of it. And unfortunately, we didn't get more from them. Again, keeping with the SNL, keeping with the comedy stream, Bill Murray, from the Caddyshack Gopher Killer to the Zombieland uh, Jokester who gets piped in the chest with a shotgun. Bill Murray, again, comedy is his main game, but the range of comedy that he has is never-ending. I'm sorry, if you walked into any movie theater with your eyes closed and somebody said there's movie one, two, and three, but movie three has Sandler, Farley, Murphy, and Murray, you're going to that movie, right? Like You don't even have to know what it's about. They could have spent $7 to make the movie, (laughs) but you're still going to that movie. Bill Murray, again, an iconic stand-up comedian, an iconic comedian actor. I think he works really well with these guys. Last but not least, I have a split. So, this is my my fifth pick, and then it turns into an honorable mention. So, with this cast I have so far, with Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, Bill Murray, and Eddie Murphy, I got two guys, but you guys have to decide who my fifth guy is for this movie, okay? And while they're very different, I think I can use them the same way in this movie. So, the first guy is John Belushi.
2: No. No. I don't care who the second guy is, but the
1: second the second guy. What? You don't yeah. like John Belushi? Nah. Not Jim Belushi. No, nah. yeah. John Belushi, Animal House, yeah. SNL. Nah, I don't. I don't like John Belushi. Wow.
2: I, I think he was funny in starting Live. I didn't like him in The Blues Brothers.
1: Whoa. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> I thought we we're gonna wait for that. Um, <laughs> second one was Steve Martin. Okay good okay not well received at all yeah, okay i guess we're just oh chad your movie sucks let's go back to alabon and brian i think these guys should both serve the same purpose uh, a little bit older guy a little bit more veteran guy so well, apparently we just both we hate all of them we hate my whole cast so we can just recast
0: can it, we but... just pull from the grave john candy
1: instead Mm. All right. Okay. Yep. So there's my honorable mentions list. All right. Okay. Thank you. Here we go. Copy and paste. We remove those two. We move that one up into list. And candy. All right.
0: There. John Belushi and uh, Steve Martin yeah, were honorable mentions. I mean, I
2: like I like Steve Martin. Um, both. Uh, was it Bowfinger, Where Eddie Murphy and Steve Martin they had a, a really good. Uh, not finger Uh, they was in a movie together. I can't think of a movie right now, but um they had a really really good comedy chemistry i don't think lucy mixes in
0: with that that cast you, know, you got a lot of dangerous people i'll there. mention the movie that has
1: 1999.
0: i'll mm-hmm. mention the movie that has both steve martin and john candy in planes trains and automobiles which one of the two do you remember more do you remember steve martin more or do you remember john candy more you remember John Candy
1: more.
2: Keep it a buck? I don't know who the fuck John Candy is. He's the big guy. John Candy Uncle is buck? a Uncle
1: Buck. And also from National Lampoon's uh, vacation. Sorry, park's closed. Nah. John Candy? Oh my God. Nah, nah uh, oh, but, Another guy uh, that we lost
2: I, too soon. And I, I seen I seen that a movie, but I did not remember who that is.
1: Hold on. Wikipedia is here to help. John Candy. Oh, bro?
2: What? Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember
1: him. Go oh, down, yeah. they say it now. Yeah, <laughs> he was but, in the,
2: yeah. Yeah, nah, no, I'm going with Steve Martin. This Steve Martin is a
1: all right enough. Okay, can we pick somebody and not tear my whole cast apart? <laughs> yeah, well, well yeah, ultimately, we could, it's, we got it's your, your movie. It's your movie. We're guzzling meatballs over here, and we got oh, God, we got roots. <laughs> over yeah,
0: Afrofest.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah I, got... I got the
1: cast of roots <laughs> on the other side. Sorry, but, Lady Oprah.
0: <laughs> but ultimately, it's your movie. It's your cast yeah. It's your final call
2: I'll kill
1: it for Candy Okay Cause that was one of my under- I was mixed between John Candy Steve Martin And John Belushi Who,
2: like, Who's your composer? Uh Morris Day In
1: <laughs> <And then, laughs> the motherfucking time, time. time Jungle love Oh wee oh we oh You know I on a show Yeah Okay Uh no it's Definitely not. Is. <laughs> <laughs> It's not It's not So You want to know the composer first or you want to know the movie first? Give me the composer first. So, my composer is built of two separate entities. So, because it's a comedy with Kevin Smith and this lineup, and I realized I got all old guys, I could have.
2: Kenny Loggins.
0: (laughs) Caddyshack. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all right. You know, as much crap as you gave me for my band and all the components to it. You got this guy who's like, oh, I got yeah, two composers, two composers. that got... are combined forces to be one yeah, composer. But it, it can't be like an orchestra, bro.
2: It's, it's not comedy. an
1: orchestra. Stop. Oh, my God. <laughs> As if I'm not one of the main hosts of this show catching too much shit. <laughs> it's like the Ryan Gosling, Jake Gyllenhaal, Gates, all over again. <laughs> no. So my composers consist of a team because it's a new comedy with an old feel to it. The Lonely Island crew, oh, along good. Good. with the two surviving members of the Beastie Boys, Ad Rock and Mike D. Yo, I can get behind that. that. That's, dope. <laughs> that's dope. Okay, I can get behind. So that. while you may argue the best part of my entire movie might be the soundtrack, yeah, <laughs> because those guys are gonna lay it down. Wow. Um, I needed some old school New York, some like some true rap. But because it's a comedy, I wanted to to kick it, you know, with the Lonely Island. I don't want a full on like I'm on a boat. But I also don't need it full on licensed to ill. Like I need a mix. Yeah. I need a blend of that music somewhere in the middle. I, and again, like, there's so many different composers from all the different movies. You know, I c I could've threw a John Williams in here, taking one of the greatest movie sound and score guys of all time. That wouldn't have made any sense here. Yeah. I mean,
0: if the Lonely Island can do the theme song to the Lego movie, they can kick the theme song to your movie. Exactly. exactly.
1: If they pitch anything similar to Everything is Awesome, I'll kill them. Um, So, (laughs) Kevin Smith director, you got two-thirds of the Beastie Boys, R.I.P. And then you got Sandler, Farley, Candy, Murray, and Murphy. All SNL alums. So here's my pitch for this movie. Jumped ahead to my time travel idea. So this is like a buddy cop movie. You know, you could say, because Sam already did it, but like, um, grown-ups. So this this team of comedians, Kevin James, David Spade, you know, they did the grown-ups, they we were adults, that were old. I want to do like a cross between Hot Tub Time Machine and like, not History X, but like, uh, let's just say the History Channel. So this team of five guys in a comedy, stumble across like some form of a time machine and keep getting leapt into iconic moments in history so the jfk assassination the the challenger explosion um, again like some things that we're gonna have to balance around to make sure they're okay but like the challenger explosion right maybe it's because john candy was the one who left the part off You know, the JFK assassination, maybe they show up. And again, like, it's not all about rewriting. It still happens, but some of them are rewriting, like, the guys, all the five of these guys are staggering out of the bar at 7, 8 a.m. They just woke up off the floor, and somebody stumbles into the shooter, and JFK never gets shot. It's changing time as we go. So, again, not like a Kevin Robinson hot tub time machine where it's all about, like, I'm the lead singer of Motley Crue, and I invested (laughs) in Google. (laughs) <laughs> but taking these five guys and just slingshotting them through time again and again and again, I think we take like a Bill and Ted vibe with a Kevin Smith directorial vibe with these five actors, I don't really think that you can go wrong with it.
2: I like that. I'm, that plot is really, I can definitely see that working with it. It could be a little that. risky. Yeah.
0: I feel like yeah. the studio would be like, no, can't do that. No, can't do that. You can't Dude. do this historical part. You can't hit yeah. this historical part. But then
2: but- you got so many comedic vets that you kind of get away with it. You know, you got a Murphy, you got a Murray. You know, um, you can get away with stuff like that. Sandler. You know, those are like veterans in the comedy game, so you can definitely, you know, get away and and they know the acting can make it. You know, funny. Kevin Smith, Ryan, and directing can make it. You know.
1: Well, you take cool. it, you take it in a direction too. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. Did the interview not just exist three or four years ago? Yeah, true. We made fun of North Korea, one of the biggest nuclear threats in the country. Yeah. Where all these, uh, all these theaters, like, we're not going to show it. Netflix is like, we'll do it. This movie could get made, whether you go super edgy or you just, teeter with... I, I'm not pitching. We play around with 9/11 or, yeah. or he, you know. Uh, Pearl Harbor, like I'm not playing around with that. I know my uh, we know our audience mm-hmm. here, but if we poke around in the right ones, like oh no, Mount Rushmore is accidentally President 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 John Candy, like yeah, you know you're yeah. y- y- making a kitschy of play at home punch drunk you know fun yeah. movie that hey kids, let's watch this you know
0: I will say that cast and that plot I I still stand behind John Candy as your last.
1: Like I said, I I struggled because I I picked Kevin Smith first. That was the thing I picked first. And then I'm trying to like, because again, Denzel came to mind. Tennant was a guy not in the front of my mind, but like people who passed Mm -hmm. by, I'm like, but I just don't see Smith running a movie with Denzel, Michael B. Jordan. We like turn this just 90 degrees just with the director's and everything changes, like, Christopher Nolan runs this cast, Kevin Smith runs that cast. Like, you change it 90 degrees, and the whole yeah, everything goes up in been flames. flames. Everything right. everything just yeah. burns. You could have
2: you know. did, uh, I think, with yours, Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield would have worked, would have fit perfectly with that cast. Oh,
1: that's true. Yeah. That could have been another. Yeah, I that think that's, be. like, Rodney Dangerfield, another one I played with that would have been a good cameo, like you said, like, with Arnold. Arnold wouldn't have played a huge part. So I was going to knock out the Steve Martin aspect of this, the Steve Martin, John Candy aspect of it, and I was going to say a good small part. You could have uh, put Mel Brooks
3: yeah. into oh, this yep, movie yep. for
1: like a, like a classic comedic mm-hmm. uh, interjection. I realize mm-hmm. I played from a lot of, from the grave for my movie, so it can't happen. Like, <laughs> like you know, like your guys' movies could actually happen, but similar to Battle of the Pants, just... We got to sit down and have a real conversation about this. And then we'll have your sister pitch it to Marvel. And yeah. We'll, you know, like, we'll really yeah. talking like this podcast won't be done in a basement. You
2: know I mean? <laughs> done at a Marvel. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's dope. I mean, you can have like, even yours, Brian, you can have like a resurrect Heath Ledger and make him a Jake Gyllenhaal lover. In your oh, movie. All right. All right. <laughs>
1: All right, Brian's ready to blare the sirens because now that we're out of the main topic it's time for the chat aloud check that All right everybody we're gonna get into sports and the thing that I hate to talk about every week is the undefeated team of the week is still the Pittsburgh Steelers. <clears throat> <wno relatives> we're gonna get into it later in the sports section again. I'm not extremely impressed with Big Ben's presentation every week. He's got a lot of talent around him, a lot of young talent in Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool. The offensive line is great. James Conner is a good running back. I think there's a lot around Big Ben that continues to make him look good because there's been a lot of times where his stats at the end of a game are very unimpressive and they still continue to win, but they are still, you can't take it away from them, the only undefeated team in the NFL. I mean,
2: they got a tremendous pass rush. Like, the Watt brother, is it TJ? Mm-hmm. TJ yep, Watt T-J. is playing better than JJ. He's a little younger, but, I mean, their defenses. And Mike Tomlin is one of the most underrated coaches in the league. The team is always ready to play. Like, when they didn't have Big Ben last year, you know, they was really solid, a hard out. You know, now they got a healthy roster and – Chase Claypool is balling out of control. Like, this motherfucker's like six Dude is four. A monster He's oh, a monster. He's, he's he a third receiver, too. You know what I mean? And they got Schuster. You know, Big Ben has his weapons. Big Ben is an underrated quarterback as well. Like, he's a Hall of Famer to me. And he should be out there in a conversation with the Rodgers, with the Breeze, and the Brady's.
1: Mike Tomlin caught a lot of shit in the last couple of years with the Le'Veon Bell stuff and the Antonio Brown stuff. And they had always said, like, oh, Mike Tomlin can't control a locker room and all these things. It's like, we've seen now over time that this wasn't Mike Tomlin's problem. Antonio Brown is a psychopath. (laughs) And Le'Veon Bell, while he put his head back down in the sand, apparently if he can't be causing trouble, he can't play well. So we'll see what happens with him in Kansas City. Uh, Mike Tomlin became the uh, most winningest black coach in NFL history, so he's had the most successful seasons of any other black coach, passing Tony Dungy mm-hmm. of the Colts, um, which a phenomenal coach now, phenomenal analyst. Great guy to listen to, but again, the only undefeated team, I think there's teams out there that are better, but you can't take it away from them. They're the only team this far into the yeah. season that are undefeated. One thing we'll talk about that I really don't want to talk about, so we'll rush through it. Bills took the Seahawks to task. Let's stay on this one. 44-34. <laughs> the score is a lot closer than the game was as a whole Josh Allen was great in the first three games of the, of the season and he kind of slumped off for a little bit but oh my gosh the kid came back 31 for 38 415 yards for three touchdowns the guy is slinging balls he looks like an MVP as long as he can stand up his own head the problem is is if the guy's playing really well he continues to play well but when things get a little rocky, He's a young kid. He gets scrambled. He's like, oh man, can I can I do right? Can I do wrong? That's the problem with him right now.
2: Oh, I mean, young young quarterback. You know, is having tremendous success right now. he's gonna. He's still going through growing pains. Third year in the league. You know, but that Bills team had a solid plan for Russell Wilson. I mean, uh, Malcolm Hughes was everywhere. You know, uh, being that QB spy and you know, dropping in the coverage. You know, they had a solid game plan. And some, sometimes NFL is all about matchups. That's why it's called Any Given Sunday. It's all about the matchups. And I think the Bills were a tough matchup for uh, the Seahawks. The Seahawks' passing like uh, defense is really suspect. So, if you can throw on the Seahawks, then you can pretty much take them out. So, I'm, I worry about them in the playoffs when they play teams like the, Seahawks, the Brady's and the Rodgers.
1: The Seahawks' defensive backs aren't suspect. They're criminals. It's a crime <laughs> against Russell Wilson. The And, and the Bills' uh, defense is not, they're not that great, but they made a plan. They mm. made a plan to work around Russell uh. Wilson and his battered offense. So while we still have weapons like Tyler Lockett, D.K. Metcalf, in an, in an aging, but while still effective, Greg Olson. We haven't had our starting running back for almost three weeks now, so it takes a lot away when you're running DJ Williams. Rashard Penny is still injured, still from last season. Chris Carson is week-to-week with his foot injury. DJ Williams, you look good, but it's not like you're some stud running back like Saquon Barkley or CMC coming out and hitting it hot. Russ made some bad plays and some passes. He was 28 for 41, 390 yards, two TDs, two interceptions. That one interception in the end zone had Brett Favre written all over it. He's like, uh, 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 pick. So, unfortunately, the problem with that is, as well as Russell Wilson can play every week, as much as MVP-like he can look, how often can Seattle continue to look at Russell Wilson to score 50 points? This is a huge flashback to, like, Dan Marino. Like, Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl because... Dan Marino always looked great because his defense would let up 35 points, and he'd score 36. And his defense would let up 28, and he'd score 29. Like, Dan Marino always was playing against his own defense. He just wanted to score to make up for the problems. But the problem is, you get into the playoffs and you get the Super Bowl, you can't play that game. You have to have both. It's been proven over years in the Super Bowl era. If you don't have a top 10 defense when you're going to, into the playoffs and into the Super Bowl, it's not going to work for you, so... This D needs help. They signed Carlos Dunlap, and hopefully they can get him involved. But the problem right now is the defensive backs. They need to figure out something right now. They are the last. They are the bottom of the barrel when it comes to pass defense. You can't let up over 400 yards a game and expect Russell to make up for that, especially when his running backs are rookies and and special teamers. You you just can't expect it.
2: I mean, yeah, they – put the game in Russell's hands to me. I mean, Russell Wilson to me is one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, you know, um, and it's kind of like he has his ring, but that's uh, off the backs of the Legion of Boom, off Cam Chancellor, off Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman. But um, I don't know. I think the Seahawks, they need to get a running game. That's to me the most concerning. Oh yeah. a A healthy running game because in the playoffs, you have to slow the game down. You have to be able to run because they're just going to, like, teams are not just tuning in to Russell Wilson. Okay, we know you have no running game, so you you need to beat us. You know, like.
1: When you're phoning, you're looking like Green Bay. Green Bay, when healthy, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are the best one-two duo. in the league. If you look at a healthy Seattle, let's give everyone a rejuvenation potion. We'll mm-hmm. give them up to the top. You give Chris Carson and Rashard Penny that same one-two, you're looking at this exact same combination. Richard Penny got so hurt; he's still out this year, yeah. and Carson can't get healthy. I'm sorry, Carlos Hyde. Like a Frank Gore is fine, but he's not your answer.
2: I mean, like, but that was the problem last year in the playoffs with the Seahawks. Like, they running the game was hurt. They had to get gap skittles <laughs> from retirement, right. you know, to come around, you know, and be their uh, their power back. So, um, I think if the running game is better, I think the Seahawks are dangerous. But that defense as well, the defensive backs. Something has to happen. Pete Carroll is a defensive genius. Uh, You know, he's really good with defense, so he needs to uh, tie that up because I I want the Seahawks. You know, if my Cowboys don't make it, um, suck it, Chad. If my Cowboys don't make it, um, I I want the Seahawks to uh, do great because I love Russell Wilson and um, everything he stands for, but the defense has to play better.
1: And while one Midwestern nerd is on the downslide, one's on the upside. The Packers crushed San Francisco (laughs) on Thursday. Thirty-four to seventeen, and that score is not even indicative to the actual game. Rodgers' completion percentage was phenomenal, three hundred and five yards for four touchdowns. The running game was non existent, but it wasn't needed. You get Aaron Jones coming back from injury, and they're like, Hey, you can handle the ball a couple times, right? And he's like, sure. He went, I think, I think 10 rushes for 57 yards or something in that range. When you have a quarterback who goes 305 for four with no picks, you don't need anything else, especially a beaten and battered uh, San Francisco team. So the Seahawks beat the Niners the week before, and they beaten and battered and, and beat them down. So you didn't have George Kittle. You didn't have Jimmy Garoppolo. The running game was hurt. The defense was hurt. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who's playing at the time, it's the teams that are playing at the time. So, I mean, even looking at Devontae Adams, 10 receptions, 173 yards and a touchdown, that Rodgers-Adams connection was on fire. That offense looked unbeatable against that Niners defense.
2: I mean, Aaron Rodgers is an apex predator. If your team is messed up, injured, broken, and battered, he will have a field day. You need your top guys to be able to compete with Rodgers because he just – he, when he sees a weakness. He's going to attack it. And he's like, to me, the best store of the football in the game. And when he's hot, he's hot. So but I don't know about the Packers, though, moving forward, because they beat up on broken teams. But the only team they beat over 500 has been um, the Saints and every other team has been below 500. You know, so I'm kind of kind of worried. I want to see how they do against competition, because the buccaneers had the formula for the packers you can run the ball even the vikings too you can run the ball down their
0: throats it's
2: over you know
0: as much as it pains me to agree with you i do agree that buccaneers game was a tough one to swallow and then two weeks later the vikings game again that was a game that i thought that we should have and could have won but then it just didn't happen and how
1: did they beat them Ground and
0: pound, ground
2: and pound play ball.
1: action. Just they base everything off the running yeah. back, Dalvin Cook. That kid cooks. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, he he made a mess of that. The Packers defense I had
2: Dalvin Cook looking like Jim Brown out there. I was. <laughs> the no, Packers <laughs> defense,
0: I think, is their biggest weakness this year. I mean, they
1: this year it's been like that forever. Well,
0: yeah, but especially this year, I think that's their biggest weakness. I mean, they. I mean, against like the 49ers, yes, it was a significant score, but I feel like it should have been even more significant. I mean, the defense played and kept up, but then you have games like the Buccaneers, like the Vikings, where they just can't do anything. Yeah. Right,
1: no, I absolutely agree because that defense, if it's on a hundred, if it's playing exactly to the, if it's playing to the level that of the offenses, that's thirty-four to six. Yeah, you're you're crushing them, um, and that's a, something they struggle with. Stone Cold Mike Pettin is what they struggle with with Dom Capers. You know, they run into these issues. I think the thing that's going to continue to hang them in the game, they have a lot of talent on that defensive side. I think they can put some things together. They could bring the Smith brothers. Kenny Clark is one of the best interior D linemen in the game. Jair Alexander, not only by show but by stats, is one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Got to get Kevin King healthy. You got to get other pieces in there healthy. I will say one thing, and this is very atypical of the Packers, to not chase a star. I think they really could have played the trade deadline because there was a lot of rumors with J.J. Watt and even Will Fuller mm-hmm. where it was like, you know, we can give away this, this, and this to bring a guy in. And Wisconsin sports as a whole, and again, even look at the Bucks, own the future. No... Let's do it now. Now. And you got Aaron Rodgers, a guy who's aging out, and you've got a Devontae Adams who's viciously talented but could be your next Julio, could be your next aging out talent. You have to go at it now. When you have these rumors of J.J. Watt wanting to come home, Will Fuller for a second-round pick, I realize uh, the Packers have always been a draft-and-developed type team, but if you can get rid of a first-round pick and a player for J.J. Watt, on a team that is on the cusp, yeah. you're telling me you add a star like J.J. Watt to that defense, J.J. Watt, Kenny Clark, Zadarius, and Preston Smith. Yeah, that line you is fit. Ch- you change the whole the whole game and then at the same beat if you're like, alright, we can't do that. We're not going to run on our first round picks. We give a third round pick and a player to, to Houston and we bring in a Will Fuller. A Will Fuller, while it's not a legitimate number one, you have a guy who is a strong extremely talented number two to play alongside Devonte adams where there is no number two in sight marquez valdez scantling uh, and robert and yeah. alan lazard these are guys who the sandlot kids would have played pickup to play third base like you don't <laughs> need these guys to play they're not that good yeah. and the fact that gutekunst and murphy aren't willing to go out for these guys it always hurts. It hurts the Packers all the time. Because
2: what's going to happen is when it gets to the playoffs, they're going to run against some dogs. You're In the playoffs, you don't play, you know, the scrubs of, you know, the Lions and, you know, and these weak under-500 teams. You get the best players with the best defenses. So, uh, I mean, uh, Devontae Adams, to me, uh, he came off this thing since so he's the best wide receiver in football. I want to address that. Um, Julio Jones is still – even air in his lungs. Julio Jones is still running routes. So until Julio retires um or dies, he will still be the best wide receiver and the most unguardable wide receiver in the
0: NFL.
1: Hands that down. Is, it's always such a. Do you have more Packers stuff to talk about? Or can we.
0: The only thing that I was going to piggyback off of what Elvon said about the playoffs is I think at this point, if the Packers do make it to the playoffs, Unless they figure out a defensive plan to get them back up to speed, they're not making it past this round.
1: You're right. Julio right now is one of the most, one of the most, top five, most talented wide receivers in the league. It's always such a weird conversation to have because when you say most talented quarterbacks in the league, you look at them, you have it. There is nothing outside of who they are. You take the talent from them. And and it's the same as running backs. And wide receiver is a weird position because you can only ever be as great as your quarterback. To this day, Megatron, Calvin Johnson gets argued as one of the greatest wide wide receivers of all time. But he had Matthew Stafford his whole career. Could you have ever imagined a Calvin Johnson on the Patriots with Tom Brady? Or on the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's insane to think of these players. Julio Jones, Matt Ryan is pretty good. You move Julio to, like, fill the slot of a a missing DeAndre Hopkins to Houston. The Deshaun to Julio connection is crazy. And then, again, DeAndre Hopkins, you move him to this rookie quarterback. That guy is the number one wide receiver in the league this year. It is such a weird dynamic to look at because wide receiver is based so hard on their quarterback. And you can say, well, look at his raw talent. He looks so good. Does DK Metcalf is an insane athlete? Mm -hmm. Is he that top five guy without Russell? If you move him to look at, and I'll say this for the Midwesterners Greg Jennings. Greg Jennings was a top five wide receiver when he played for the Packers with Aaron Rodgers.
2: When? To who? To who? Are Greg, you kidding? Greg Jennings has never been a top five oh receiver. Greg God. Jennings?
1: His yards every catch, his catches per game, his touchdowns, he was always a top guy. James Jones, for goodness sake, James Jones led the league in touchdowns when yeah, he played yeah. for the Packers.
2: Doesn't make you top five.
1: But again, but listen, statistically it is top five. But, hold on, Greg Jennings is... He leaves free agency and goes to the Minnesota Vikings.
2: And it's trash.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he just disappeared. Yeah. Casper the friendly ghost disappeared. He was gone <laughs> in a second. James Jones left to go to the Raiders. He went over there. Boom, gone. Gone so bad. He came back. Yeah, He came back to Green Bay. This has been the story in Green Bay for the last 30 years. Like Quarterbacks making their wide receivers look good. So, I mean... We're going into a deep, long tangent here. Albon, who, who are your top five wide receivers right now? Right now. Right the now. The league, right now. The guys, in, in no order. You don't All have right. to order them. All right, got you. Five guys who you say are top five no matter
2: well, what. I'm going to go with the first, right, I think, right receiver in the is Julio Jones. Um, DeAndre Hopkins. Um,
1: Julio Jones, big bass fisherman. Uh, if You didn't know that. He has a huge bass fishing boat, like a 31-footer. He took Gruden out on it last year. He loves bass fishing didn't
2: know that. <laughs> I didn't know. Um, John Drey Hopkins. DK Metcalf. Tyreek Hill. And Keenan Allen are my top five receivers.
1: You leave Devontae off that list?
2: He's not better than Keenan Allen. I, I, Devontae yeah. Adams is a really, really good receiver. And he plays with a phenomenally legendary quarterback. Um, Keenan Allen has been catching balls in of Rivers for the longest. And now he's catching balls from Justin Herbert. He's one of the most underrated receivers. He can run any route. The guy is fast, strong, play the slot, outside, and he's done it with, you know, not that good quarterback talent. Julio Jones is just a monster. He's always double game playing. No one is – Devontae Adams is just now getting that respect so we got to double this man. You know what I mean? Uh, DeAndre Hawkins, double machine. You have to double him. You going to double him, he's going to touchdown. Take him to the to – the Tyreek Hill is – Five is 4'11". He's a midget, and he's but he runs a 1.3, <laughs> 40-yard dash, and he cannot be stopped. Like, Tyreek, He's unguardable. Freak. He's unguardable. I mean, Devontae Adams is a really good route runner, and he's almost there, but he's not top five yet.
1: But he's top 10. You know, yeah, he's, he's top 10. Top nine, yeah, top, top 10. 10. He's right there mm-hmm. on the cusp. It's crazy to look at that, too, because I hear you saying Julio DeAndre, like, you put DK out there, DK. Is, yeah. Like it's the the craziest thing to think about with that. He's a year two guy. Yeah, he's a young like he's a baby. And the mm-hmm. main thing is is like the dude's structure is terrifying for like the average like five ten cornerback to line up against this guy like just a brick shit house. It's like this is gonna go well.
2: And <laughs> he stay he stays healthy. Um, he's consistent. Um, Devontae Adams. Can't stay healthy. You know, he misses a couple games. Um, but I'm taking, if I had to take, there's a fire receiver I'm taking. I think DK Metcalf is better than, than Devontae Adams. All
1: right. So we're through Seahawks news and Packers. We're through undefeated teams and even an additional top five wide receiver news. You know what time it is, Brian? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> For our new and fan favorite segment, suck it. Elvin! I mean he can
0: actually fight back this week though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, he's, what he's gonna fight it. back about I got all right, it. Alright, alright, I'll run her down. So Steelers <laughs> twenty-four to seventeen. That's the closest game you guys have had pretty much all year and against an undefeated team, uh, like we talked about recently. The Cowboys are beaten and battered. No Dak, no Dalton, uh basically no Zeke. The defense is a sieve, there's no relief in sight. Big Ben looked good, 306 yards and three TDs. I don't know. I mean, the, the unfortunate thing is they built a team around Dak, and then when Dak went away without a really, really, really good quarterback, people aren't succeeding. You have your draft pick CeeDee Lamb, who needs a really good quarterback. Amari Cooper, who, while is talented, needs a really good quarterback. Zeke, who is a really good running back, but needs a really good quarterback to succeed. On top of that, the offensive line is not as talented as it's been the last five years. And the defense is just an atrocity. It's like basically the last season of Game of Thrones. It's a mess. So, I'll give you all of that. They did only lose to the Steelers by seven points. I guess.
2: (laughs) Beat the spread. Um, the spread was fourteen. Oh, good. I won some money off the spread. spread was fourteen. Yeah, I won money off the spread. Um, so yeah, this is this is me. Uh, inspiration to suck at Elvin. So I'm coming to defend my Dallas Cowboys. We have over ten starters injured. Just lost Trayvon Diggs um, for the rest of the season. Our rookie cornerback who has a, learned on the fly. Um, it's been a it's been a bad injuries hurt a team. You know, our star quarterback is messed up. You know. Dak is Actually he's gone For the rest of the year Um, Even though we were losing When he was playing But he was putting up Tremendous historical numbers Um, But the defense Has been The downfall Due to a new system uh, Mike Nolan Has never been Known as a Lights out Defensive coordinator And we have a, a proven head coach But who's just Getting back Into the game of football After being let go From his job um, I think So we in an NFC lease Not the east I call it The lease as the division is trash, uh, we still have a, still have a shot at going, making a wild card, winning our not wild card, but winning our division. We still have a shot in doing that. Uh, we get Andy Dalton back. I think we should keep Garrett Gilbert. He uh, had the team looking really good against the Steelers, lights out <laughs> defense. But uh, I, I see good things coming for the Cowboys. We either win the NFC lease or we get a nice little draft pick, and maybe we can restart with getting Justin Fields or one of these stud quarterbacks coming out in the draft and like just kind of letting Dak go. But, uh, it's, hey, it's a, it's kind of a re, uh, forced rebuild year for our, my Cowboys. Everybody's hurt, so I'm not really, you know, too mad. But it's okay, you know. Um, We will rise again. and Once Jerry Jones, you know, let, let's go of the reins. Uh, we'll rise even further. So that's all I got to say about that.
1: So your argument is basically when Jerry Jones dies. Then Which is,
2: we never, because he's so rich that he is. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Literally yeah, yeah, you will live forever. <laughs>
1: I mean, the Cowboys beat the Falcons, the just awful Falcons by one. Uh, they beat the Giants, part of the yeah. NFC lease, uh, by three points. I mean, they've been beaten by the Browns, the Cardinals, the Rams, the... Washington football team, the team with no name. And then, of course, we talked about the Garbage Bowl, Sunday Night Football. Uh, your Cowboys couldn't even score a touchdown.
2: We had Ben Dinanucci. Uh, Dinacucci. I don't know his, I his last name. It's, it's name yeah, they, yeah.
1: Um, I know, I know. And I, I realize it's a perfect year to start this podcast to have a segment like this. <laughs> and you, your team is just continuing to get beaten down. And a lot of it has to do with the health of your team. I don't think a lot of good things look. The NFC East has been literally garbage for years now. Whether you add Eli Manning or remove Eli Manning or you have a broken Carson Wentz and have a backup quarterback win the Super Bowl from the NFC East, Uh, Dallas has not been a team that's emerged from there. Washington has not been a team that's emerged from there. There hasn't been a lot of true talent. Unfortunately, people can stumble into good situations and then have people get hurt and have, Big Dick Nick salvage <laughs> uh, a season. I don't really think that the true structure of any team in the NFC East in the last decade has really been anything uh, worthwhile.
2: Um, I disagree. I think the NFC East has always been a competitive conference. We're having a downfall, um, kind of like your NFC West back when the uh, years were like six and ten. Seahawks beast mode awakened. they were like six and ten. Y'all got lucky against the Saints. You know, one one big Marshawn Lynch run. And your division was trash that year. Like, these things happen in history. Like, divisions go through this. Like, um, we got a team in a division with no name. Like, like, what, what do you expect? It had no name. You know, like, been, it's because yeah, the soft you know park you know boys yeah. bought it. We've been, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? We've been in
1: a division with a team. No, no name. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: I think, uh, like I said, this has been a down year for the division, but um, that division has historically been talented. Um, a lot of Hall of Famers, a lot of talent has come out of that division. Um, at least you know, T.O. was in that, that division. D. Uh-huh. McNabb. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. No, yeah, no. what's up? Let's go, to Brian.
1: Let's go to Brian. All right, that's what I thought. All right. <laughs> and before we get out of sports and before we finish the chat, I like check down. Let's check in with the Golden Knight with fantasy booms, busts, and sleepers. Put away your wands and your lightsabers. Break out your cleats. And your balls, because it's time for Fantasy Football, Booms, Busts, and Sleepers, with me, Chad Coffin, and the Golden Knight. Happy to have you back once again. Before we get started, let's talk about your picks from last week to prove a little validity. First one off the bat, do we have to explain Kyler Murray as a boom? Six no. fantasy points, four Absolutely all-purpose. insane. Yeah, four all-purpose touchdowns, like uh, four total touchdowns. Th- over 360 all-purpose yards wild your bust for the week was gus edwards and while he scored a touchdown he had 11 carries for 23 yards that's nine points that's a bust in my book mm-hmm. and then your sleeper was marvin jones jr with detroit he had a touchdown which as a sleeper is a good pick three for 43 in a touchdown over 10 points 13 in a flex excellent picks from our golden knight so now let's hear what he has to say this week
3: Awesome. High hopes for this week. Uh, My boom for this week is Mike Evans, wide receiver for Tampa Bay. After getting thrashed against the Saints last week, look for Tom and company to go scorched earth on the Panthers. Panthers rank in the bottom half of the league for overall defense, so look for Mike Evans to have a nice day.
1: I love it. I know there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen when it comes to Tampa Bay, but they are going to come back with a vengeance after that whooping that the Saints put on them.
3: Bust for this week is Cam Newton, quarterback for the Patriots. Cam and the Pats almost needed overtime to beat the winless Jets last week on Monday Night Football. And while Cam had a few rushing touchdowns against a much better D of the Ravens, I don't see him having great luck Sunday night.
1: He passed for a single touchdown. That's the problem. He's a quarterback. You have to pass for touchdowns. And after having two really bad weeks, he came back to have a fine week just to win. Like, it wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination. So I could definitely see another slide for this guy.
3: And then uh, to wrap up, sleeper for the week, Duke Johnson running back for the Texans. David Johnson could be out after suffering an injury last week, and if he can't go, look for Duke to increase his playing time. The Browns have allowed a running back to score in four straight games, and I expect that to continue this week.
1: Okay. Another good week, another set of good picks. For those of you, I realize if you have Thursday players, it's hard to rule that out, but our Golden Knight continues to come back week after week with winners. I think your only bad week was your first week, and you were one for three every (laughs) week after that you've hit so uh something that our fans can really rely on pop in on fridays at noon listen to the pod get your fantasy updates it's really going to help you especially for some of these guys like sleepers that are sitting on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues i know last week when you said sleepers as marvin jones i ended up picking up him up in two leagues because i needed a flex so excellent i really appreciate sitting down with you for fantasy football booms busts and sleepers i'm chad coffin and i'm the golden knight I'll we'll catch you next week.
0: And yes folks, your fellow co-host Brian is still with you all. I mean, it may have appeared that I had went home during the sports section, but I am back here now to bring you the best stuff recommendations of the week. I'm going to kick it off by going back to one of our main topics, the one that we were the most excited about, the Ninja Turtles. There is a new <coughs> mini series out right now. That is by the original creators of the 1984 uh, comic series, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. They have come back to bring us a story that takes place in the future that features the last remaining turtle on his road to revenge to avenge his fallen family. The story is called The Last Ronin. The story was by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, the original creators, as well as Tom Waltz, who has been the most current writer of TMNT for IDW. The script was by Tom Waltz and Kevin Eastman. Layouts by Kevin Eastman. Pencils and inks by Esau and Isaac Escorza. This book was awesome. The first issue is out. It came out a few weeks ago. I just finally caught up and read it uh, yesterday. This was a story that I felt like could have been a one-off. And then right towards the end of the book, there was this big twist that happened that kind of made our last remaining turtle go on a downward spiral. And it ended with the reveal of the turtle, which I don't want to spoil and I won't ruin here. And kind of opens up the door to see what happened to the others and where is he going to go from here on this road to redemption twisty yes a lot of twists a lot of turns but it's very good the artwork is very much an homage to the original works it is in color though as opposed to the original that was in black and white but it's really good so i highly recommend this book right now it may be a little bit hard to find because the first printing of the first issue was allocated which means the company promised all of the comic book stores and distributors that it was going to have an X amount of books to give to them, and they only produced half of that amount.
1: And then they allocated it out to the most popular distributors and not any of the others.
0: So, for like <gasps> us here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, I had this title on Oshkosh. my pull list <laughs> and like a lot of people didn't get that even in their box that week. I was lucky enough to wear... Again, one of the reasons why we shop at House of Heroes Comics and Games in Oshkosh is because one of the workers was gracious enough to give me his copy. So there is going to be a second printing of issue number one that's going to come out on December 2nd. Otherwise, if you can wait for this to fully come out and then be released into a trade or a graphic novel, either way, I highly recommend you pick this up. I'm probably going to be talking about this series more On the show as it rolls out,
1: and like Brian said, we are not funded or promoted by, but we will tell you right now that we fully support and 100% condone the usage of House of Heroes as a mainline tap. House of Heroes is an awesome comic book shop out of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. If you guys are even in the area, House of Heroes. Four oh seven North Main Street, Oshkosh, Wisconsin five four nine oh one. They're awesome comic book store. They not only take care of their continuing to return clientele and their new, but their new clientele. Do you remember when we took Danny for the first time? Like Danny is like, oh my, oh my God, he's like all over the place. And Scott was like, this is his first time here, and we're like, yeah. And Scott walked my son around. He's like, well, "Who's your favorite superhero?" He's like, oh, "I like this and this." he was showing him comic books and pops and figures. House of Heroes, the guys there. So Scott and Tripper and um, Lee, Lee and, and Kevin and Kevin. These guys not only want to take care of us old fucking nerds, <laughs> they want to really, really take care of. The next generation, like they love to see that next level of you know, comic book superhero lover. Danny's been back there again, and they, they see him, and they're like, "Oh, that's you know, that's the kid." Like, let's take care of him. You know, Danny's buying his stuff off the of shelves, and he's buying pops and things like that. He saves up his piggy bank to save money to go down to House of Heroes. He like he'll pull all his money out of his piggy bank and count and be like. Hey, 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 Chad, Mom, I, I have like, I have like twenty two dollars and seventy five cents. Can we go down? Can we, can we do a comic book store? And he's always so excited, and like, it always breaks my heart because I wasn't gonna wait so that like Ryan and Brian and I we could all go down together to make a dude's trip downtown to Heroes. But whatever your local comic book store is, go to it. Like if you're in Green Bay, Powers Comics is huge. If you're in the uh, the Fox Valley area, House of Heroes is what we will always preach. There's probably places down in Milwaukee that you can get your books from. But
0: Lost World was the comic book store that I went to when I lived in Milwaukee.
2: You didn't go to uh, the one over? I think uh, it's called Edge Comics uh, over there in uh, Barline. That's when I did not make Brella it 19. over there.
0: I lived probably a couple blocks away from Lost World Comics, and they had a. Huge library of books, and they they were one of the bigger ones that you know could keep a lot of inventory for people. But again, Lost World Edge, couple more Milwaukee area comic book stores to check out. Yeah, hit up your local comic book stores. They they got all the good stuff, and they will more than likely take care of your
1: needs. All right, so here's my actual best stop for the week. Just <laughs> all super tangent, Brian's like. Can you speed it up, please, for God's <laughs> sakes? So, uh Orlando, Florida is a long way away, but you can find these people on Facebook, you can find them on Instagram, you can find them on the internet. It's Genki Goth Studios, so it's G-E-N-K-I, and then Goth G-O-T-H, and then Studios S-T-U-D-I-O-S. These people do the coolest inking screen printing whatever you want to call it if there is something you're a fandom of they can make your shit look badass so i will put something up on the page to show you exactly what genking Goth provides but uh for me i mean of course even obscure people like iron fist and green arrow they're like yep we can do that They'll turn it you know they can turn around and do a hawkeye they can do you know, whatever it could be that could make it look cool. So in Hanging My Man Cave, I got some 8x11 portraits, and I think you guys would love them. So I will make sure to pimp them on our Instagram and our Facebook and our Twitter so you guys can find them. And before we finish off the best off, I'm sure our guest has at least one. Yeah, um,
2: this might not be like a local comic book store or whatever Chad just said about the Genki uh, Golf and the artwork but uh I just discovered on um Hulu uh two of my favorite shows as um when I was a kid watching he man and Thundercats are on hulu and um the reason I like he man Thundercats is not because of the heroes it's because of the villains Mumrah uh Earl Hammond that was my favorite voice actor and uh he's a voice actor- uh Mumra I love Mumra so much and also um, my second favorite Skeletor... uh by Alan uh, Oppenheimer. Um, So please check those shows out if you haven't seen them. Um, Those are (laughs) my favorite cartoon villains of all time. Um, Just a laugh in general. Um, Gets me going Ah! (laughs) He-Man!
0: They've brought back the old He-Man action figures. Like the classic looking ones. They got mm -hmm. them in the classic looking boxes too. Uh, I, I might have checked that I I love He Man and I love yeah, I love well, He Man,
2: Thundercats. And
1: it's the uh, so they're driving it towards the new audience. So they're taking like the classic characters of He Man, Thundercats and things like that and driving it into new media. So like on Cartoon Network they had Thundercats Go, so they cross over Teen Titans Go with Thundercats and a lot of it is the kitschy new cartoon media, but and it, as much as it wants you as a purist to be like, no, what are they doing to my Thundercats? They're introducing a whole brand of our '80s and '90s to, yeah, to today
2: culture yeah. into
1: today. Like they're like, oh, I really like this. Where well, can I find more of it?
2: How you see Teen Titans Go? They same creators Thundercats Go, right? Teen Titans Go is like one of the funniest shows I've ever seen in my fucking. Like, that shit had me fucking dead a couple weeks ago. I'm talking about crying tears. Like, why in the fuck is Robin so fucking funny? And
1: that's the thing. <laughs> so you have to take it with a grain of salt because you look back to when 10 years ago, like five years ago, we were teenagers, the actual Teen Titans, was a really gritty, like, not really done before, like, mm-hmm. cartoon, co- comic, you know, TV show that was like, we're going to be dark, we're going to be heavy, like, oh Beast Boy will be funny he'll be a seal he'll be whatever and cyborgs this and that but it wasn't it was a lot heavier than the Teen Titans go than now and like I've talked about before my son he likes the Teen Titans go and they did that they mixed it all up because Teen Titans go to the movies they had that all mixed up they brought back the, uh, yeah, they, the Teen the Titans into the, into the yeah that
0: was that was great
2: That
1: mixed it all up and it was
0: like, that uh, movie's on Hulu now too I saw
1: it is? the other day yeah, I'm gonna
2: watch, I can watch that every day That movie is the shit uh,
1: Sam Lee's in that movie too Two times ago the movie Stan Lee makes a cameo in it. Uh, For real? Yep I didn't,
2: I didn't see that part Maybe I was uh, I was saw it in a hotel room So I'm mean, I, Yeah I So you it. and your <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, You and your, you and
1: the girls Are like, oh, yeah. oh, like We're not watching the movie yeah, I didn't have a
2: threesome In the hotel room.
1: Oh yeah You yeah. yeah, know so. you're, <laughs> you're cooler than us We get it <laughs> All right, so, Brian's best off. The Last Ronin. Elvon's best off.
2: I'm casting He-Manahulu.
1: Chad's best off. Genki Goth Studios. If you can't understand Genki Goth Studios, just hit us up, let us know, and we can take care of you. Brian, what do our listeners need to do? what do they need to do for us?
0: They need to not only just go on our social media and like our posts and all of our content, but also reach out to us. We would love to hear from you all. If you love the content that we're doing, if you don't love the content that we're doing, let us know ways that we can improve what we're doing. If you have questions on anything, if you want to know more about He-Man and Thundercats, and we can bring you along the way along that route and direct you towards Elvon if you want to know more about uh, Ninja Turtles or if you want to know about Avatar The Last Airbender, anything that we've talked about on this show or just questions in general, we would be more than happy to find the answers for you if we don't have them themselves.
1: You know, I'm almost offended because we offered up a, a, a classic X-Men comic signed by both of the Midwesterners and nobody emailed us. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody was like, hmm, we want to do that, that's cool. So apparently we're losers. So, I'm saying right now, we're going to take a classic comic book and Brian Stoffel and Chad Coffin of Midwesterners and Navy veteran and soon to be probably podcast superstar, Elba and are going to sign a comic book we want you reach out to us, M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-M-E-R-D-S at gmail.com. Reach out to us, and you're going to get some fully signed comic book memorabilia from this episode. And you have to hit this episode because not only are we doing a podcast, Elvon is doing a podcast as well, and his sister <laughs> is surely about to surely shortly about to show a contract with marvel studios this podcast right here could be the beginning of something that booms for everybody so hit us up at new western nerds at gmail.com and you could have that signed copy of that comic book in your mailbox before you knew it
2: send an email Cause that signature would be worth a lot of money. I guarantee it. Mark my words.
1: Alright, guys. This is the podcast. You guys know how it ends. Before it ends, we're gonna give it over to Elvon to pimp whatever he needs to pimp. <laughs> Shaw? <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh he <here, yeah. laughs> already Alright,
2: so uh hey, this is Elvon talking to you in a very uh midwestern nerd sexy voice um i have a podcast coming out called a let me vent podcast um if you follow me on social media um at von miles on instagram or uh facebook um elvon willie beeman uh riley you will see more information about it it's a good podcast um i do it for the fans and the listeners who listen and who will be listening um I take ideas and topics. And I just, you know, vent about everyday things. Um, I cover a lot from what's going on in the news, sports, um, to whatever is on the mind of the listeners. So it's called Let Me Vent. So I, I encourage you all to come and vent with your boy, okay? Milwaukee native, Navy veteran, and um, the most eligible bachelor in the history of eligible bachelors <laughs> since Flavor Flav and a Flavor of Love.
1: All right. Uh, VH1 may not be picking up Flavor <laughs> of Elbon, But we are The Midwestern Nerds I cannot wait to, to, to hear your podcast Let me vent We love podcasts That's why we started a podcast Brian and I both subscribe yeah. to so many podcasts That it's probably uh, criminal So we can't yeah. not wait to hear your podcast yeah. I started
2: a podcast because y'all started a podcast If you're going to start a podcast I guarantee I wouldn't have start a podcast so this is so where's the granddaddies movie. of your, yeah, yeah. your
1: baby daddy. So yeah, yeah. we're the baby daddies of your uh, the fajas of um, the fajas, fajas. Yeah. So you guys get going. We get going. Uh, you guys come on our podcast, especially because Yeah, yeah we come, all come get in with us, Marvel Studios. Yeah. We get mix it up. And we yeah. can do a crossover episode. Yeah. We did that one time with the Coffee of the Beater reviewer. Yeah.
2: Oh, uh, my sister will be on a Let Me Event podcast, and that's the one that's. Hopefully going to be um, signing a deal with Marvel in the upcoming feature, So, yeah. So, make sure we get a crossover episode. Yeah.
1: So, make sure to see Whitney on the Let Me Event podcast. And Elvon on the new one episode out probably by the time it releases Let Me Event podcast. But he is a guest now on Midwesterners. Um, and for your Midwesterners, I'm Chad Coffin.
0: I'm Brian Stoffel.
1: And he is
2: Elvon Raleigh.
1: And whether it's beer, brats, comics, or pops, keep keep it nerdy. nerdy.